my friend. Hey, my friend. Uh, hey there. How you been, Austin? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> doing great, man. Doing great. How's the weather back there? It's all right. Not too bad. It's starting to get a little warm. It feels like around here, at least, like we never have a spring or a fall anymore. It's just like just everything's the same. Well, it just goes from like winter to summer. Like, right. Yeah. That's like four seasons in one day. Like it'll be yeah. like freezing in the morning, a little nicer in the afternoon, and then by it's, it's, hey, global warming warming is real, man. It's, it does that here. It'll be it'll be kind of cool and not like back east, but it'll be a little chilly. Then all of a sudden it's like not 80 degrees, 80 something degrees, and then it cools back off way down to like below 60, like 55. It's weird. It it's is great. Yeah, it's, it's it's not right, man. You're seeing the floods, the tornadoes. Look at look at what's really happening. If you if you if, if we, it's hard to deny that the weather's not the same anymore. It's just not right. And and even just logically, like I have conversations with people, and they're and they're saying that it's that the climate isn't changing or whatever. And it's like, you really think that like for millions of years humans didn't have factories, and then all of a sudden we have factories and cars and. And you right. don't think that's going to impact anything? Like, right? Yeah, you're right. Some grand conspiracy. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, how's it going, man? Tell me all about it. What's cooking? What are we doing? Good, 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 dude. Where Where are you in Cali? Are you Southern Cali or Northern? Cali? I'm in Southern California. I'm in actually Los Angeles area. Oh, okay. You know, cool. I live in a place called Huntington Park, right outside of Los Angeles downtown, actually. So have you live there all your life or how, did you move? No, no. I was um, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, OK. And in my in both sides, my mother and father's families both lived there. And uh, my dad joined the uh, Navy when he was like 19. So that made us have to, you know, move to California and okay. uh, San Pedro, San Pedro to be exact. You know, they had Navy housing and my mom and my me and my sister, little sister, my dad's in the Navy. So I've been here ever since going back and forth. So I kind of was raised here in California. What was that experience like with your dad being in the Navy? And It wasn't the greatest because, you know, here you can imagine my mother's 16, 17, he's 19. He joins the Navy and they keep these guys out at sea at what, eight months, nine months at a time. Then they bring them back and give them some leave a month or two, and then they're back in the ocean. So it's not conducive to really raising a family, especially a young family. I can imagine my mom was 16 years old. I, well, she was 17. I, I was born when she was 16. And, you know, my, my grandmother, my father's mother, made him like, you're going to marry that girl. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to marry that girl. That's my grandson or grandchild at the time. She didn't know if I was a boy or a girl, but... Right. Yeah, that's what happened. And it wasn't conducive because he got and he was a Navy man. He retired a Navy guy, you know, so that all that going coming and going wasn't good for my mom. She suffered because he was not there to help raise the children and being a father or a husband. It was rough, dude. It, 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 it a lot of dysfunction. I dude, I'm 26 and I honestly can't imagine having a kid. So if I had a kid there at 19 or even younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was rough, man. I mean, I heard some of the, you know, being raised around my mom. And then as, as I got older and got in college, I, I had a chance to live with my dad for a little while. And I did. 
And it was just a, a, a mix up, man. She had her vi view of it and he had his. And somewhere in between there was the truth. And it just wasn't, it was never, we never really became a family. He popped in and out of my life. Um, I'm, a, I'm the oldest, so I'm, I'm named after him too. So I missed my dad, man. My dad wasn't there for baseball, football, basketball, nothing. I don't know. Did he make a graduation? I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't even remember him even being at a graduation. So it was tough. The thing that kept us together as a family was the grandmothers. My mother's, my grandmother, his mother, and then my mother's mother. They kept us, they made the family. They kept us in order, man. They, if it wasn't for my both of my grandmothers, I don't know what my life would have been like because they held it together. They really did. They mm. did. This is where I learned and got these uh, these uh, my baking skills from was my grandmother, my father's mother, because we lived with her for a little while, you know, and um, and, the, you know, back then there was no video games and no. All I had was my Cub Scout manual I could, to, to, to go down into the basement there and, and discover how to make stuff, you know, reading the manual. I loved Cub Scouts and then uh, baking with my grandmother. Whenever she baked, she was the, the baker of the family. Everybody wanted her pies and cakes and ice cream. She made this ice cream, which I used to help her with. So I was always in the kitchen with her on Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, getting the dessert ready. Cause you know, Sunday dinner was always some dessert. Every Sunday you had to have dessert. So that was, that's how I was raised. Well, that's pretty cool, I guess. You know, something good came out of, you know, uh, relatively, Less than perfect situation, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it all happened the way it happened, man. And here I am today, um, you know, with the, the, uh, the cookie started out one day. I was in college, actually in college. And uh, I remember holidays time was coming up and I didn't have any money. So the thought came into mind, why don't you bake some cookies and uh Go get some baskets and wrap the baskets up. And, you know, when you visit people's homes in this holiday time, just bring cookies out like, you know, and that's what I did. People loved the cookies. They were they thought they were special. Um, um, I did something. My grandmother, my grandmother didn't make cookies. She baked pies and cakes. But I took I did this cookie based on how she makes pies and cakes. That's what the cookie is. That's why it's something different about the cookie. And I, I, I kind of know what it is, but that's how the Odomola came about. I was a poor college student, made cookies and start taking them that one one holiday season. And the next season, people ask me, are you going to bring cookies again? That that was the thing. Can you bring or can you bring or will you bring cookies? So that's how I, I never thought I was going to be a baker. You know, in college, I'm you going to college, I'm playing basketball. I'm not a baker. I don't, I'm not baking for a living in my head, you know, cause I could always bake these cookies at any time, any time, you know, I could, I would get requests here and there and people would pay me. I'd bake them, but it wasn't, it was just a little side hustle. You know what I mean? Bake a little few cookies, make a couple of dollars. Cool. So how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking. I will be 67 years old on Wednesday, on Thursday. My birthday is this Thursday. Wow, well, happy 60. early birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'll be 67 years old, man. Wow. Yep. So, so you're in college and this kind of thing starts. What was going on before? Because I met you a couple months ago in Vegas. Right. Uh -huh. um, 
and you're like, yeah, we're just starting to get into trying to get into stores and things like that. And, you know, that's a, that's a long time. So what was going on in between, you know, college and man, well, here's what happened. I mean, in between college, I, I never thought of people would say you should market these, you know, and I wasn't thinking of that. I was like, hell, why did I come to college? If you talk about being a baker, I'm not baking. That was my mindset. I just do that. That's just a hobby. That's just something I do. Cause I like the way I like people's reaction. Actually, I love to see people eat the cookie and and call me later and go, "Can you give me some more of those cookies?" Like it was drugs, like it was dope or something. You know, it was like, wow. So, I I just baked them here and there. Never took it real serious until I got married. Got married, and after I baked some cookies and people, I had a buddy I used to fish with and and another lady that had owned the store. I baked cookies and they got real serious on me. Like we. We'll give you money if you bake these cookies. We'll help you. And I was still young, man. I got married at 27, and I had to be maybe 31 or two. And these people are coming at me like this. I didn't. So I tried it. I started. I made some labels up, got a name, and uh, I started trying to peddle the cookies, so to speak, because I was in the sign industry. I was. A, I sold signage, outdoor advertising signs like McDonald's signs, these illuminated signs. So I had contacts. So what I would do I to see if I could sell them, I baked a bunch of cookies and I would stop in these offices and give away the cookie and then tell them, would, if I bake cookies, would you buy cookies around the, between the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas time? And they said, yeah. So I tried it. I got like 72 orders of cookies for tens. I mean, I worked it out. And so I was baking cookies. I would get up at two o'clock in the morning, start baking cookies, mixing and baking and packaging and go to, I'd stop at seven because I had to be at work by, by about nine. That killed me, dude. I thought <laughs> that was so right much there, work. I, I was so glad to see the holiday season go, you know, that a month and a half or whatever it was. I just, people say, you're going to bake cookies. I said, hell no. <laughs> I'm not baking cookies. This is ridiculous. I got three kids, a wife, and it was hard. Trust me. My wife wasn't that enthused about it at the time. My first wife, she was like, she was, she was just looking at me like, you making any money? <laughs> being made. And I didn't make, I made a little bit, but not a lot. But it, I, the experience was like, wow. I mean, I did have it going it, I, and I was and I didn't I didn't I, I delivered all 72 tens. I, I had some little round tens. Cool. I delivered. It was rough. I didn't want to do it again. Let me tell you, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Well, some years later, I tried again. I, I had a, there was a festival in Los Angeles, uh, big festival with a lot of food and booths. You, I got I rented a booth, baked a bunch of cookies had the booth, had someone helping me in the booth. And I sold cookies, individual cans of cookies and da-da-da-da. And uh, I had no support, though. I didn't, I had no plan, no business plan. I had, I had really nothing. I was out there on a wing and a prayer, basically, just to see I could do it. I don't know. But I, after that, I did that. Of course, I didn't do it anymore. So a lot of time went by. The children went to school, went to college, got out of college. And um, they're grown and gone. All the children are gone. All four of them, they're out. And when they all got out, I said to myself, this is the time to do it. Um, I'm going to start this cookie for real. You know, I went and got a light. And I had some experience. So I went and got the license and business plan. And I, I started doing everything that 
I knew that you needed to do if you were serious, right? And so that's how I met you. I, I decided that um, I was going to, I got a marketing group. I, I had a lawyer. I had a guy who was a COO for Ebony Magazine. So he understood monies. I had a lady who took over my books. She was, she retired from the state of California. She was an auditor for the state of California. So she knew books. And so I, I, I turned all that over to her so I didn't have to worry about it. And my strengths are direct sales because I was always in, I raised my family on direct sales, man. I never, I never got paid a, a salary. I always think everything was straight commission. Now my first wife used to be nervous as hell. And my second wife wasn't that worried about it uh, when I got married again, because my first wife passed, she, she died. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. But I had to, you know, I just got real serious about it. Um, and, uh, that's how I I met you. I, I I have a friend who's uh does trade shows. She knows her all the trade shows throughout the the you know United States. This is she's been doing it for 20 something years. And she told me about the, the, the show where I met you at the um the um um, Gro um National Grocers Association deal. And um I have a team, they weren't that enthused about me going. Because, you know, my, I got a team and they're, they're, they're vested. They're, you know, they, they've, they, you know, they're, I got a great marketing team who did my business plan, my, my, uh, um, uh, 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 what's this called? They, uh, uh, they did all this right here. Like a pitch deck? My, yeah, my pitch deck, right. They did my pitch deck, my business plan, projections. We got margins. We got financials. We got the whole shot, right? Awesome. But I haven't. But the thing is, I haven't. I don't have a bakery. Now, <laughs> people would say, um, "You're doing that backwards, sir." And <laughs> I would say, um, I, "I'm 67 years old. I've had a lot of experience." I said, "There's more than one way to skin a cat," and I have skinned the cat before. I actually have. I've started a couple, helped a couple guys start businesses with nothing. We had not a building. It was a sign company. Guy wanted to start a sign company, didn't have a dime. We had not a dime. And uh, how did we do it? Well, um, Delta Airlines bought Western Airlines and um, and Western Airlines had a bunch of signs in the airport here in Los Angeles at LAX. So they needed a company. So I walked into the Western Airlines building, find out who's making the signs. They said that where their hub is back in, um, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia is where the Delta hub is. So they had a sign company already in Atlanta, Georgia, who had their total contract, but they had to work with other sign companies in order to get these signs changed out at these airports, whether it was San Diego or San Francisco, it doesn't matter, Western Airlines, all those signs had to come down. Um, so what did we, I do, a friend of mine said, let's start a sign company. All we had was business cards, architectural advertising. I walk into that building, they tell me who the guy is, I call him, he flies out to Los Angeles. Me and my buddy pick him up. We take him to dinner. We're just talking signs. All we have is business cards. We don't have a building. We don't have a crane truck. We don't have nothing. We have nothing. The guy was like kind of fascinated with us. I asked him what have he, you know, has he ever been to California? He said, I've never really been to the West Coast. I said, well, what if something you wanted to do here, what would it be? He said, I, I would like to go to Vegas. I've never been to Las Vegas. So guess what? I drove him to Vegas and make sure he had a good time in Las Vegas. 
And a month or two later, um, less than a month, two months, but a month or two later, we got a check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. So we didn't have a. He never asked to see our building, and we because we didn't have one. But they sent us a check for two fifty. Now that wasn't the proper way to do it, but like I told my team, there's more than one way to skin a cat. In my in my seven, 67 years, I've worked with a lot of different companies. I've been to a lot of trade shows. That's how I met you. And I know the trade show circuit is a way to get attention, to make deals, to make partners, but they cost. Most people don't want to go. They don't see. They go, oh, that's scary. You're going to spend, what, five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. And, you know, you don't, we could be using that to build our bakery. I'm like, well, we 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 have a term sheet. We're trying to raise this money, but but I know that if I can make a connection or two or three, who knows, that I know something can come from it because I've done it for other businesses that weren't mine, and I've seen what how that old that whole thing works with the trade show deal. And I was glad I showed up. Yeah, as a as a young guy, like my kind of idea is like, oh, like if you're going to do something, you got to go like direct to consumer. It's got to be all online, all this stuff. And then I start at that um, dog treat and food company that I was working at mm-hmm. and we're doing trade shows all the time. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this seems like a waste of money. Like, uh-huh. I don't get this. This just seems like old school as hell, you know? Right, right. And like, it turns out that's how we got a lot of our business. Like, and the connections you make along the way and the people, even if you're not necessarily doing deals, but like, right. Like if you're in sales or something and you want to get a different job or something, <laughs> go to a trade show and just talk to the companies that are there. Hey, you know what I mean, hey. And, and like I like what you said, because you're a young guy, so you're brought up in this digital world. You guys go online, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm old school. I, I, I'm i more direct. I got to see your face. I want to see your face. I want to shake your hand. I want to, you know, you know, rub elbows. Right. And I, I know the millennials, they straight up online, blah, blah. So I had a, a now like would you see this right here. This this was my first 10 online. I was selling this 10. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. You got one. I forgot. I sent you. <laughs> So yeah, I was doing that online. You're right. I was people were buying it, but I told you the story. It was just it wasn't. I'm like, this is cost too. I'm not making a ton of money, and I knew that uh, I needed to make a deal. So after I left, the show was great for me. I, I spent the money. I bit the bullet. Part of my team, my team was feeling different, mixed emotions. Some people were scared, like, oh, somebody's going to steal our idea. And then my lawyer, he's like, he says, you can't be afraid. And I'm not. He, I'm like, you, I, I went the not afraid route. I'm like, I, in my mind, in my heart, I knew that what I was doing was the right way to go for me. Um, and so actually this week, um, next m- Monday, I'll be traveling down to Texas to visit with three of those companies I met at the trade show. Nice. Where I, at Texas are you going? I'm going to Houston. Going to Houston, Texas. I got family there. Um, I've already, I just, I just packed up a box. I was baking yesterday. I, I just packed up a case, a, a case of cookies and a bunch of other stuff so I can show and share with these guys when I get down there. I'm going to ship that today. So it'll be there when I get there. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited with one of the companies. They've got bakeries and um I like how he's talking. You know, we'll see. I had a Zoom meeting with one of the companies and they 
you know, we try to give them a few uh, 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 proposals, you know, different type of partnering proposals, um, uh, different type of ways. But none of it's hard for me because I hate I don't Zoom doesn't do anything for me. I'm the again, I'm the guy I want to go. I told these guys I'm coming down there. I'll come down there, see your face. Let me I want to see your facility. Let's talk real talk and let's shake hands. Let's get a deal going. Let's do something because I'm 67. I don't have time to wait 10 years to build a, a small bakery in California and blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm ready to make a royalty deal, a partner deal, whatever you guys want to do, because I got a product that's a good product. And I've shown you that you've been on my website. You've seen the, the new packaging. This is old right here. Yep. The new packaging. And they, they, every time I show a new package, people love it. They, they, I got a good cookie. The cookie's good. The packaging is 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 on point. Um, I just need somebody to believe in it. And let's take it to the next level. Because honestly, I got some ideas where we can get premium dollars and everybody make a ton of money. Like, you know, 7-Elevens, you know, we pay extra money to go to 7-Elevens. Right? Yep. And you, you know you're going to pay twice as much as what it costs in a regular grocery store, but you, it's, it's convenience. You're paying for the convenience. Mm -hmm. So I got some ideas and some people, man, that I'm ready. So I want to see if I can work with a company that'll, that'll, um, um, you know, that'll, uh, um, I'm missing the word that they'll deliver. Huh? Manufacturer or distribute? Yeah, manufacturer that they'll, um, fulfill. They, they can do fulfillment. Yeah. All There's I want to do is like that, that will like make it, pack it and ship yeah. it. Right. Exactly. Um, so I'm ready to, like I say, I'm, I'm ready to go down there, open mind, open heart. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Look, I've got great slogans for my cookies. Uh, if the odor don't get you, the molar will. That's one of mine. And not another on there says, what's your molar? And what's your molar is, that's just a, that's, that can be big. Depends on how, if you put some advertising behind, what's your molar? Because what is your molar, uh, uh, Austin? What's your molar? I could ask you what's your molar and you could tell me. I think I told you this at the thing. It could be anything that you're, that you're passionate about. It could be, you know, what you your work, it could be pleasure, it could be your family, it could be your golf game, it could be your whatever that you're passionate about, that's your mola. But also your mola might be the coconut chocolate chip cookie or the peanut butter oatmeal cookie that I make. I've got um, a strawberry banana oatmeal. I haven't even put those out there yet. Those are just in the in the wing. Yeah, you sent me pecan and golden raisins, man, and they were good, right now, bro. I first what, what was that? No, go ahead and say I, you kind of cut out. What was you going to say? Oh, you said, I, I was going to say? say the first cookie I had, I was like, huh, this is not really what I expected. Like, I am not sure what's up with these cookies, but mm -hmm. it made me get another one. And once I had that <laughs> second one, man, I was like, dang, these cookies are good. Like, That's they're, what... they're not sickening. You know how like you right. eat 10 cookies right. or something? Like, right. you're not going to feel good. Bro, I ate like half of this whole can at once <laughs> that's what people do they all tell the same story uh austin austin i've been hearing this for 40 years people will eat one or two and then they ate the whole, they look at me and go dude what what's in those cookies i <laughs> i don't i don't understand why i ate like 12 of them and i didn't even feel sick i didn't get no sugar rush i they were just munchy but it's 
everything you just said is right. Even after the second one, I, I made my peanut butter oatmeal. And I, at first, I didn't. I ate one. I was going. And so I said, uh, I sat there and went. Then I got another one. I ate. I was like, oh, shit. These are. And I ate the whole 10. I had a 10. I was watching TV that night. I ate the whole 24. I could not believe my. I said, this is crazy, Jeff. You sat here and ate a whole 10 of freaking cookies. That's crazy. Yeah, man. But you don't feel like crap, which is wild. That, that That's what I love about it, man. That is the that right there. I hear that. I've been hearing that for the longest. And that's why I have the drive. And I have. I like, dude, this cookie is different. And I, I've had people that don't like cookies. I had a guy at Nabisco. I sent him some cookies. He's one of the guys. And he says, I don't really like cookies. He said, he, I sent them. He he. He sent me an email back. I got the email. He says, look, I don't like cookies. I don't eat even oatmeal cookies. He said, but this cookie is good. This cookie is different. He says, I, he said, your packaging is on is great. He says, it looks like your cookie was made in the factory. And I know I made them all by hand. Everything is done by hand. I don't have a I don't have a cookie machine. I, I get up early and I make these cookies with my hands. Straight handmade. Well, well, it's surprising how consistent they are because you're doing it that way. You know, you right. feel like if you're making cookies at your at your home or whatever, like you have small ones, big ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these look like they came from a legitimate manufacturer, which is wild because they came out of your this, <laughs> this guy works for Nabisco, and that's what he said. He says, this looks like these were made in a factory, man. He said, they're all consistent, and they were all good. He couldn't believe it. He was like, this is something. I just need somebody to get on board with us, man. All I need is a partner that can see the vision and, and see it. And I, people, someone told me, my mom, I said, dude, I've been marking these cookies for 40 plus years. I don't have to, you don't have to tell me that they're, they're quality. Cause I, I all walks in, I got videos on people eating the cookie going, this is <laughs> giving me statement. I said, this is, it's not about the quality cookies a quality cookie. Which I just need a partner. Mm -hmm. Period. The, you yeah, know, so I got. Looking, are you looking to go like the grocery store route, or are you looking? I know you mentioned convenience stores. Well, I'm looking to go grocery store. You know, because you know, uh, they're the ones who are going to order pallets. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, mm -hmm. I want to. Yeah. Tax, you know. Man. Yeah, I want. I I'm not trying to go. Someone said we can need a bakery. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, eh. I said I get it. But that's look, I, I'd have to be in there and I don't have a problem sharing and teaching anybody how to do it. Once we get the NDAs right, you know, let's get that right. But uh, I'm, I'm not trying to bake for the next five years myself personally <laughs> sitting in there trying to get the manufacturing right. No, not. Right. Well, and not also, like if you scale it, you're not you're just not going to be able to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, man, it's. uh. I don't know. So you're meeting in, in Houston with manufacturers? Yes. Um, on My first meeting is next Wednesday and one on Friday. Uh, the, the after, let's see, that's the eight. That would be the 10th, I think. The 10th. Yeah, the 10th is a Wednesday. And then on one on that Friday, Mother's Day is Sunday. But I'm going to be in Texas on the 9th. I'll, I'll get there on the 9th. Nice. Yep. So well, luck with that, man. I, I hope that it goes well for you. Um, yeah. You know, talking about this, you know, direct to consumer versus retail brick and mortar store approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about merging the two? Like doing both? Yeah. 
because I find the company right company because we can do um, people still. I still get pe individuals want. Can I go online and order? I go, wow, the website has changed. It's made for uh, retail. It, I mean, it's made for wholesale now. We changed our my, my website was made for direct to consumer. And then once we did everything, we started getting into this. It's like, no, we want to. I, I, I said, I want to sell a bunch of cookies. I don't want to be in there cooking because that's what I was doing. Make the order, blah, blah, blah. It was like, uh, we changed it, but I would love to go back to it because there are individuals that I could still say, go to the website, go to the, the you know, the consumer or the retail portion because you're not going to, you're not going to buy a pallet or two. So, you know, yeah, you can buy. And so if I can get the company to like say, let's let's say we use the 10 model because actually I had three different flavor cookies and I had different color tins. I just, I'm just using what I got left. I'm not trying to invest any more money in tins at this point because I got the new packaging coming from China. So I've seen that those tins are super expensive. Yeah, they're the most expensive damn thing, you know. I mean, even and I was buying the tins right there in, out of Texas too. I, I told them I was coming to tin, but yeah, though the tins, unless you're buying a hell of, you know, a, a container of tins, you know. So if we did that, I would say somewhere down the line we could do. For the holiday seasons, tins are great for holiday season because the people like popcorn, cookies, peanuts in tins for some reason. You know, it's marketed like that. So I don't I think we can get back to it and do both like you kind of suggested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I always wonder, uh, I'm drinking a liquid death right now. Mm -hmm. uh, have you heard much about this brand? I just heard about her. <laughs> what got me when I heard, is that serious? It's called liquid death. <laughs> Liquid yeah, the whole death. Thing is uh, death to plastic because aluminum is infinitely recyclable. Oh, okay. Plastic isn't. So they're like, we're going to put water in a can. Um, and actually, a portion of their profits, I don't know how much it is, goes. Is that water or is that an energy drink? It's water. This oh. is uh, this right here is a, a mango. It's kind of hard to, it's backwards. Oh, it's a flavor, a little flavor. Okay. Sparkling. Okay super good but you know they kind of have i don't know if they do direct to consumer as like right on liquiddeath.com uh um, yeah i should have looked into that but uh i know that they do sell on amazon direct to consumer you know i buy like a 16 pack or whatever um mm -hmm. but they're also in stores and you know they've kind of done a great job at like merging the old school with the new um, their social media campaigns are so, so good. Like they have the most ridiculous videos. Like they'll have a, a can, right. And they'll be like how to consume liquid death and they'll have a cutting board and they'll just take like a butcher knife and go <laughs> like the most ridiculous stuff that you, yeah, would yeah. why would you cut your product in half? But it works, you know? Right. <laughs> and so they're like, uh, they're just one of those brands that I always kind of look to and it's like, man, yeah. they're getting stuff, right. Um, yeah, but it almost seems like for you, you got to like find your manufacturer slash distributor and then worry about because you can you can there's warehouses that will ship direct to consumer for you. So they right. might have a couple pallets and then break them down and sell them on right. a website. Um, and then you're kind of like in a better position, whereas you don't have to pay somebody to sit there and pack up one tin can you know what i mean right 
Right, right. Just let them do that with their margins. Yeah, let them do that. Yeah. So I'm again, I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. And um, there's more than you don't have to do everything the old fashioned way. It's not true. Like, let's look at the Internet and a like, young man like yourself, how you guys look at marketing and you guys are, are so adept and so good at the thing social media thing you know i'm not i i'm the first man I, we need it we got a we got a department on my marketing team we have they can handle that because i know nothing about it i'm i'm 67 i wasn't brought up with a computer or none of that stuff my grandson can work the damn thing better than me okay so <laughs> well here's the thing man i feel like you would do great on social media like your personality mm. and like just the way that you present the product and stuff like if more of that was, I, and I honestly haven't looked into what your social media is. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think with you talking about the cookie and stuff like that is, yeah, would be awesome. I think you're right. I believe you're right. So that's when you, and I met you and you said it. I mean, I believe you're right because my daughters, my daughters want to, I got two daughters are very, uh, my oldest daughter is a trichologist. She's a doctor of hair and scalp, which I'm the one she has, does all these celebrities, wives, hair natural hair in los angeles from lebron james to steph curry to kevin hart she's been kevin hart and flew her all over the united states because her daughter wants my daughter to do her hair so he'll have to get and fly her to new york where he's doing something because his daughter won't let nobody else do her hair stuff like that man i mean so pretty cool my daughter's her and then i have another daughter who's very um creative and and she's got netflix specials and all this other stuff she's a writer blah 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 they want to write a book They uh, on me. They keep telling me, we need to get you, Dad, on film like you're talking about. We need to get you because you're different, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> You are, man. So in I, a good way. Like, you, you, uh, like, that's what I, when I met you and when we had, we, we only talked for what, like 10 minutes maybe? Yeah, yeah. I was like, before you go, I want you to be on my podcast. Right. No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that yeah. sounds good to me. You know, I mean, if you do it, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll do it. I mean. I, I hope I wish you luck, real sincere uh, uh, success and and luck and success in what you're doing, because I'm one of your first persons, and in a year from now I like to do this interview again, and so we could <laughs> you could say That'd what's awesome. cooking. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I hope that I can make it something where it's like, you know, more people are listening to it for the cool guests that I have on, and then that allows me to get even cooler guests and like right real right. Big, growing collaborative thing that's my goal for it and um so far so good you know but uh, you know what I, i'm i'm glad you're doing what you're doing because i've one thing through all my years man i've learned and i've heard this and it's so true you got to go for your passion and what you what believe in your thoughts and your dreams and what like you said hey i want to do a podcast and it hits you in a way and you've got an idea of how you want to grow it and, and do it, you got to do it because I don't know if there's anybody else in this kind of space doing it. I wouldn't know that. Again, I'm the old school guy who doesn't do there's, social there's media. A, there's a ton of people with podcasts and there's a ton of people that do business podcasts. Mine isn't necessarily a business podcast, but like I want to have entrepreneurs on and business owners because it's something that's really interesting to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I also have had, like, I had a personal trainer on, I had this guy who is a uh, hip hop artist uh, that sells his music through NFTs. 
uh, which I'm not expecting you to necessarily know. What, what is an is. NFT? Yeah, like what? <laughs> NFT. <laughs> NFT is, um, do you know what, you know about cryptocurrency? Yeah, I've heard of cryptocurrency. Yeah. So the thing that powers cryptocurrency is called the blockchain. That's why people have faith in cryptocurrency is because of this technology that they call the blockchain, which mm -hmm. basically, I'm not the best to explain this to you, to be honest. Okay. I'm not okay. a technical guy. It's okay. You know, I wouldn't retain it no way. It's like you're talking Chinese <laughs> to me, man. You know, I don't know. But this but. technology is basically like a verification thing. So like if I sent you some Bitcoin, um, there would be no question where it came from, who it went to, because there's so much decentralized verification of it. And NFTs basically allow you to do that with other things like pictures, videos, sounds, um, stuff like that. So he, he sells his music uh as an nft that is on the blockchain so i own digitally a copy of his music and um like it's not like a like you can verify that i own it i mean okay it's, that's kind of a crappy way to explain it i'm sorry yeah. that's basically the gist of it so hmm. um so yeah i'm just trying to have different types of guests all over the place you know what i mean how how would you be able to make money with this? How how do you do it? Well, I, I never mean, understood the podcasting. How do these guys stay afloat? My goal uh, right now isn't necessarily to make any money off of it. Now, if I could do this as my job, that would be sick. Like I would love right, it. Right, right. Um, I think that the way that you make money off of it is advertisements. Uh, you know, yeah. by an audience, then companies want to advertise. Uh, okay that kind of thing, brand yeah. deals, like sponsorships. Like if, if liquid death wanted to put their logo right here. Yeah. 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 I got you. Something to do that. Right. Right. That's uh, how you do it. You're right. I get it. Now it makes sense. That's how it makes sense. Yeah. It's all about advert advertising and, and, and you building an audience. Um, mm -hmm. I hope that you can do it. I, I really do. Um, and if anything in the future I can do to help, I'd love, I'd do it for you. You know? Well, thanks man. I appreciate that. I'll do it for you. Um, I, I've got some big ideas with the older molars, man, and I'm getting ready to go for it. I just need one of these guys to say, we got your back. If you got my back, then let me loose. Um, let me, let me, let me out there. I actually have one of these guys, uh, looked at my background and said, we don't have a market in California. Would you be interested in helping us open that market up? And yeah, if you, you know, I, I if, if you help me, I'll help you. Yeah. And, and all I need is a little bit of money. I don't need crazy money, but if you a little money to sustain myself, so that if that's all I'm doing is, you know, meeting people in California and opening up because I'm I've been doing direct sales for 40 plus years. That's that's what I do. <laughs> you give, give me a product that I can believe in and I like. I'll, I'll, I'm not afraid to go in and knock on anybody's door. Never, never have been. Um, so that's why I'm looking at this deal. Have you uh, gone to any like local, small, like single store? uh types of shops bodegas grocery stores stuff like that yeah we have my we have um and but the problem was the tens the problem was before i got the new before just just for a second we had the tens we were going around these little stores and they like they like to cook oh the cookie's great uh, well i had them in tens well how much is the 10 well hell online they the tens are selling for 25 dollars plus shipping, which was crazy, but people, I had about a hundred, almost 200 people buy it online that did it that way. But 
you know, these little stores, the tin wasn't practical. It was too much. No one's going to buy the tin for, say, 20 bucks on in 20 or say $25. I can sell these tins behind me. People give me $20 all day because I'm the cookie man. When they see me, they go, you got cookies. I go to, you know, poker games, church. I've got little other little stores and people. I mean, people like immediate people that know me, they buy the cookie all the time. They, If I don't have cookies with me, people are upset. I always have to carry cookies in the tins. I always have them. So once we found out and we... Um, found a company in China to make them at a, you know, cheaply, right? And we redesigned the packaging when I got the marketing company, redesigned the packaging. I fell in love with that packaging. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I knew that was it because I've been in the sign business and advertising. As soon as Your I saw it. Was great, man. I was wondering who designed it. Like, yeah, my marketing terrible? company. Her name is uh, Becky, Becky, nice. Becky Shields. Becky Shields designed that and sent that. As soon as I saw it, I knew that was it. I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. Because I do signs, I've been in advertising my, you know, outdoor advertising a bit, but I understand color theory, you know, sign competition. Just I understand all that kind of stuff. So when I saw it, I just jumped out. I like, hey, that's it. That is unique. That'll do it. So, and as then, a as a new company, sorry to cut you off. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like your packaging is super important. It is. It's got to be eye catching on a shelf. Got you know to be. Um, got to be. And I don't think a lot of people think that way when they design yeah. packaging, which is odd to me. Right. Well, yeah. well, you do the same thing with signs. You know, people didn't. I had to. I worked in sign business for a band. Damn, sign business. I did that for thirty years, um, helping raise my kids. You know, that's that's what I did. I sold signs. I sold uh, Electrolux vacuums for about. I did them both at one time, and I was making a ton of money, but. Advertising, I understand. Color theory, I understand. I understand it. So that's why, you know, the packaging is the most important. When I was at that trade show, all I had was I was just showing people my packaging. That got me a lot of attention. People, they wanted to talk to me. I, that's why I got all these cards and crap. People mm -hmm. like I showed them my packaging. They were like, whoa, that's that's sharp. That catches the that's that looks great. You know, so you're right. Um you know, I used to try to tell people that had businesses to put their sign up first while they were building it out and getting it ready. So why? I said, so people can see what's coming. They know what's coming. You know who does that? McDonald's is good at it. Jack in the Box. All these other, they put up the sign first so you know what's coming. So you can anticipate. Yeah, I mean, you're driving by. It's like, oh, what are they building there? Oh, yeah. It's oh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, great. That's going to be cool. You know, so I understood that even with my pack, the old packaging, I put that together first. I worked on my packaging. Now it was crude, but it was people, and I had a seal that people trusted it. You know, packaging looks good, sealed. They open it up. It's got. It looks good. It's consistent. They go, oh yeah. <laughs> they give me twenty bucks. Bam, here twenty dollars. People give me the twenty dollars. You know, and I put it in the bank. But I get twenty dollars all day for the ten. Easy. Mm -hmm. But we had to break it down for the stores. We had to make the the new packaging which has half the cookies that this has, the tin has in it. It has half the cookies. The packaging is cheaper. If you buy 2,000 each, you know, if you buy 6,000, 8,000, uh, you know, deals, it's a lot cheaper. So that's now we're ready to take pack to take that packaging. It's already made for the shelves. All they could do is say, yes, I can have some taste this. They taste it. They're going to put it on the shelves. Oh, shit, this is good, you know.
These are good. It looks good. These are great. Great name. Have you met with any food brokers? I, this guy has told me about a food broker. That's why I'm going down to meet Post. This guy from Post. He right. used to tell you, you need a, you need a broker. And I'm like, so I think that the, the guy, this guy here is a broker. Now he knows, he mentioned to me about Kroger and all the little, little so I'm sure he's like a broker. But that's what I'm going to see, man. I'm going to see these guys erect. Let's talk face to face. Show me what you're talking about. All this. I mean, I'm cool with this. I, I don't have I, I love the Zoom meetings when I'm trying to get people around the country to meet. It's perfect. You know, <laughs> saving. Yeah, we, man, I, I, I would much rather talk to you in person. But fact, yeah, matter, this, you got to have this out there and you probably can't fly right. out. Here right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, and, you know, it does. It, this makes the most sense when, you know, I, I love Zoom meetings because when you got people all over, scattered all over the place, it's so much easier to deal with. Mm. Um, but but when I'm talking real, I just want to see you face to face. I just it's just something about that for me. And so that's why I'm I'm flying down there. I'm flying down there to meet these guys head on, straight up, talk to them. Let me look at the whites of your eyes and you can look at the whites of mine and see if you're serious, if you're real, if you're just bullshitting me or not. I you know, and we don't have to deal. I just want to be honest and and straight out, straight up with a person. So there's a hey, there's a food broker out of uh like kind of near Sacramento in mm -hmm. santa rosa uh mm -hmm. sure you're familiar with that um bond sales and marketing we worked with them for a little bit um but yeah i would definitely recommend them they have a lot of good relationships with a lot of the west coast chains like rallies um um, um but, hey look can you send me that information yeah i will yeah i will please please that i will call i will call them brother I, I got lucky when I found my preservative guy. I, I was looking for preservatives, you know. Uh, the shelf life uh, was like, before that was like 10, I would say, honestly, 10 days, 10 to 12 days. I mean, it still could still eat the cookie, but I mean, you know, the consistency. So I was calling these guys, man, and ran into this company uh, by, by luck. And so... It was all natural preservative. This natural preservative company, blah, blah, blah. He was trying to get his product out there. As a matter of fact, the guy liked me so much. They he sent a, 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 a paid for a photo session in Los Angeles, paid these people, this pro professional photography people to interview me and ask me a bunch of questions and take pictures of my new packaging and everything. I'm gonna be on their website, but I That's found cool, them man. as a, yeah, it is cool. I I I I I used their product and tested it out. And once I in in the tens, I test I can get nine weeks, nine weeks now, with the tin of cookies. The shelf life is nine weeks, and I was like, I I I, I tested it for uh, over nine, nine weeks. Actually, I had all kind of baked, had them labeled. I had a little system. I made it and then I tested them. I had some of it was it changed the the taste of the cookie. I I put too much of the preservative in. It. I'm like, okay, that ain't gonna work. That tastes nasty. <laughs> and it was actually a process. I had to play around with it, play around with it, and I found a perfect thing. And now the cookies you ate have, you know, preservatives, a natural preservative, some kind of natural preservative, uh, like Marietta cookies. I talked to that guy. He, his cookies, they can be on the shelf for like seven months. Yeah, I was going to say, even nine weeks seems like a little low, you know. Yeah, it's probably, you know, I've never done anything with as far as like consumable food as a consumer packaged good. 
or anything like that. But I would imagine that like these major, major cookie companies like Chips Ahoy. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. They're like two years. Oh, yeah. But, you know, my like my guy, I sent one of the guys, he says, this is a specialty cookie. It's a it's a it's a, a gourmet type cookie. So there's a mark. There's certain markets for that. So, yeah. But. I mean, man, I want to talk to you offline because I I know people say I don't want to give up my source or I want to I want to tell you something. Well, right if now. you if you want me to edit something out before I upload the episode, that's fine, too. I can do okay. that. Well, well, you can you can. Yeah. If I have your words, you're not going to edit. You can take this out. Yeah, I will. Hey, everybody. Austin here. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, please drop the show a follow on Spotify or subscribe if you're an Apple podcast listener. It really helps the show grow, and you'll always know when I have a new episode with a bold and unique guest. All right, let's get back to the show. Because honestly, the way, and you kind of already learned this I'm, and know this, I guess, like going from the tin to the new packaging, like yeah. the way that you, like literally the case pack is su super important too, you know? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, crazy yeah. how many, you know, when you think of like a consumer product, like, you just kind of think like as the consumer you think like oh i like this i don't you know mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. like there's so many moving parts and so many things to consider uh you know what i mean like it's it's a lot you're yeah making on a big undertaking here man <laughs> yeah yes sir yes, i say sir. that so in I'm... an encouraging way like i think yeah no no that. that's why i'm trying to be smarter not harder you know i'm trying to find the right niche and then work with the right partner that if they want to carry it there. Yes, we can, we can, we can put it out. We can produce. If you can't, you know how the, the saying goes, if you, you know, you get one chance, you know, you know, if you could, if you could, someone says, uh, I need 10,000 units of single serve, blah, blah, blah. Can you, and you say, yes, well, you better be able to deliver. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you better be, you only get one shot at it. You Especially know? once you get into grocery warehouses, man, like yeah. those warehouses, there's some, and I'm not going to mention any names on the podcast, but there mm -hmm. are some that, uh, like, if you have, like, a little piece of dirt, even in the truck, like, they'll fine you 500 bucks. What? And if you're late for an order, they might right. you out. Right. See, that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I need, that's why I haven't, people are telling me a lot of stuff. I said, look, I... I've taken my time. Look, I've been baking a cookie for a long time. I'm not in a rush. I just want to get it right. right. I am like, I'm very, I've had people try to tell me a whole lot of stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because if I put myself out there, I can't produce or deliver. I mean, I'm screwed. And so I haven't done that. I haven't got myself in any situation like that. So I'd rather just keep doing it can to 10 to 10 or what until I could do what I can do. And I'm working toward that. So that's what the last few years, couple of years, that's what I've been doing. It's like, Jeff, dude, no, 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 I'm not going to put myself out there and not be able to deliver. Right. We had a we had a single cookie. You know, like I tried this. We had a, um, you know, you're familiar with, uh, of course, Subway and they have cookies and they have a cookie case, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and so we said, let's try that. We're going to try that because we had I had a few little restaurants and cook and 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 taco stands that you could they could go for so i had a guy who has a sandwich that, that's a cool idea huh? so that'd be perfect for that that's a cool idea 
But here was the problem I had. I did the guy, I got a guy who has a sandwich shop. So we did it. We said, I set up and put delivered cookies. And I the day I was there, we were putting cookies in there, people were sampling in this and it's and they loved it. They were loving it, bro. They were eating the cookie, buying the cookie, like these are great. I'm hearing, you know, like normal, hearing people like the quality cookies, great. But at, what happened was the, you know, putting them in that cookie display, plexiglass, blah, blah, blah. After about a week, a week. To the, the cookie, you know, because it was exposed to air and sitting in that thing, it's exposed where. So and then he asked me, my, and this is a friend of mine, this guy, he's a friend of mine. He's like, what I do with the cookies that are now, you know, after a couple of weeks, they're no good. Or are you going to replace them? So I was like, well, yeah, I'll do that because we're still playing around with it. Right. I didn't like that. I didn't that, that didn't work for me, Austin. I'm like, that's this is going to drive me nuts. I can have a bunch of because I had a bunch of other people like I'm not, I'm not going to do the single. I mean, not to expose the cookie. If it was in a package, like you said, single serve, that would probably be the way to go. If I'm going to be in taco shops or sandwich shops, it would be the the uh, I would have to seal it in a single serve type deal, not expose the cookie like. Um, well, 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 Subway has it right because I used to buy that cookie all the time. They have it just right. And they have some preservatives in there that they they put them out and then they sell them and they put some more in there. You know, they could pretty consistent with that. Well, they also probably bake them like every day. Yeah. So, times a day, so. And that's the other thing with this cookie, too, that you're um, talking about um, uh, frozen cookies ready to, you know, put them on a cookie sheet, cook them yourself. I, I, I've experimented with the cookie, putting it in the refrigerator for I had cookie dough in there for two months. And I was able to go back in there and 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 scoop the cookie and make make cookies. I had a good my cousin of mine in Arkansas sent him cookies and he told he called me, says, Jay, I he says, I don't know if you know this. He says, but he says, when I buy your cookies, I keep them for months. I said, Well, how the hell you and this is before I had preserved. How do how do you mean you've been keeping them for months? What are you doing? He says, I get um, I put them in uh, a Tupperware or a sealed bag and I put them in the refrigerator. He says, I put them in the refrigerator and then when I want them, I take them out. If I give them less than 30 seconds, 15 seconds on the microwave, he said, dude, it feel like they, they like fresh baked. Right, yeah. And I was like, really? He said, yeah. I said, wow, that's that was good information. He said, I just put them in the refrigerator. And and when I want them, I take them out and they they and they're still good. I just warm them up. Dude, that might be a good way to extend your shelf life because like I'm just trying to think like when you go to a grocery place, when they when you set up your thing, they're gonna be like, Well, what's your shelf life? And yeah. nine weeks doesn't give them as much time to, to but to... if it's cold and then once they put it on the shelf, it goes room temperature. That's a whole different story. You know what I mean? And, and, and hey, thank you. Look, you just said something. If you, you put it in cold and then they put it out in room temperature and you still get eight, nine weeks. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So you got it frozen or, cool or refrigerated. Let's say it's not frozen. It's refrigerated. You refrigerate them. And when you're ready, to use, you put them out like you say. And you, boom, you put them out so many. And you're right. The ones that are back in the warehouse, they're still good because they, they're in the refrigerated department. They're sitting there in under, dude, you just solved a problem for me, brother. Thank you. See, this has helped. No worries. I also am thinking about the actual department, which when you go to a grocery buyer, 
they have different what they call category managers. So mm -hmm. like, you know, talk about Kroger. I don't know exactly how Kroger works because they have a whole bunch of different banners underneath Kroger that they own. Um, yeah. But there's probably like a Kroger grocery category manager. And so when you're talking grocery, it's like center store, non-perishable, you know, pastas, canned stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cookie products like Chips Ahoy or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. your product might do even better. And I don't know if they'll say this or what, but like with the bakery department, mm. they don't only just do stuff that they bake in the store. They also have products that are like similarly, you know, not necessarily similar in the quality of the product or anything, but the way that mm -hmm. it's presented and the shelf life and stuff like that, that they mm -hmm. just put out in the bakery. Yeah. yeah. So something to think about. I don't know. I don't have any yeah. experience with that, so I don't. Yeah, know. that's a good thought, though. That's a good idea, Austin. I like that. I mean, thank you for that. That gives me a whole nother different lane right there mm -hmm. to, to explore and to consider. So yeah, I mean I'm not the best I'm not the best person to give you advice or anything like that. Well, no, that was a good idea. No, just by telling what happened to my cousin and you said what you said it was like putting them both together. It was like, "Hey, you just you just bridged a a a, a, a um an issue right there." So that and I that's going to do me good going down to Texas next week. I honestly, I that's I'm going to bring that up. Like, Something look, you know, worst thing they can say is, "Nah, I don't like that idea." And then it's That's okay. it. I, I, so yeah, I I've, I've heard Nah, I've been I've been direct sales all my life. I hear no all the time. I, I don't <laughs> let a no never stops me. Never. How did you uh when you were doing sales for mm -hmm. another company? Because you you obviously have this uh desire, like I do, and I think a lot of people do, to make something for yourself that's your own, that's your mm -hmm. thing, you know. When mm -hmm. you're selling other people's signs or other people's mm -hmm. vacuums. Mm -hmm. it's hard to, to be as passionate about that when it's not yours you know at least that was for me when i was in sales uh-huh how do you think you dealt with that and handled that i did it i handled it well because i was always a top guy at the company <laughs> and what I, I i'm just telling you the truth i, 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 I got it. the receipt for it yeah i so what i for the sign company i i, I worked when I was younger, I got into signs and I, right out of high, right out, right out of college, I went to working for a sign company. And and then so that, you know, signs and advertising and the thing was a big deal to me. That was like, you know, business. So I enjoyed working for a big company that could produce and I could go after things. Because I mean, honestly, when I was a little black boy, they're telling me you need to just go after the little mom and pop shops and blah, blah, blah. I was going after because I come in, I don't know nothing. I'm going after huge projects like the the coliseum and i'm looking for stuff that they're looking at me going hey no no kid you're just a kid and i'm like why 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 I, I, okay i'll go after the little hardware store on the corner too but i want to go after i was trying to do banks and uh, i did some first i did uh what's that uh walmart walmart when they first came out to california i did one of their first stores i sold one of those really? stores oh yes i did it was in palm springs That's a huge deal, man. Yeah, they weren't even in L.A. yet. They were out in Palm Springs. They couldn't even come into L.A. City yet. Walmart. They weren't even allowed to come there. So they had these things way out. But I was doing stuff like that. So and then with the vacuum cleaners, I worked for a company called Electrolux, which has been around. It'd be 100 years old next year. And these top of the line vacuums cost crazy money 
but I I believed in the product and I seen people love they had passion for the product. So I had passion for the company. So I had all my customers loved me. I sold myself. It, and the same thing with the sign business. People like me. So if they like me, they give me the opportunity to make sales. Now I didn't make every sale, but I made a lot. Um, and that's what I, that same passion I have for now is I've been able to have, imagine this, I've helped so many people and their businesses be well. Sign companies, they come tell me, you are, you're doing 13, but I had companies get all geeked up about the kind of business I was doing for them, but it, they they didn't have a pension plan, plan for me. They had no shares in, I'm making them hand over fist a bunch of money, but I'm not getting rewarded like I should have been in the sign business. That's why I had to get out of it, kind of got out of it, had some, as I got older and I was still doing good, but I, I lost the taste for that. But then I got into this um, Electrolux, this vacuum cleaner sales, and I love the company initially, great company, enthusiastic. I was a VIP. I went on, I went on two trips a year, man. And my and me and my wife, man, we were, they paid for both every because I was a VIP. I was a top, I was one of the top hundred salesmen in a company with 350 salespeople. So I was always winning these things. And so yeah, I I had passion for it. I could people, I, I did my customers right, took care of them. So I was a, I'm a good. I'm a good person that's going to take care. If the, if the product is good, then I'm, I can sell it. I have to believe in it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it seems like you kind of like would set goals for yourself and that's kind of how you, you know. That, well, that's what happens. I, I work with some other companies and I had, they didn't have goals. You were said important things. When I worked for Electrolux, I did, I made the most money selling vacuums, even with science. I made the most money selling vacuums because they had goals. They had the trips. I could win trips. They had money. I man, I was winning so much money, trips, big screen TVs. I I make a goal, and that was in a month. Uh, if you did this many sales in a month, you could have this TV. They had a brochure for it. We could pick it. So I always had something to go for. Always, you know. Um, so any good sales organization, if they have salespeople, they gotta be about money. It, that's what salespeople do. They sell because they want to make money. Mm -hmm. Give them. Give them prizes and money, things that they can go for. You'll get the best out of it. If you don't, if you're just telling, you're the owner of a company, you're just telling you want your salespeople to do more without giving them compensation, you're not going to get crap out of them. I've worked with companies and seen them not do crap. And I, when they took my suggestions, they did better. I'd go in there and tell, talk to the president and say, look, you don't. And I, the president, I tell guys, look, why don't you're the president of the company? I've been here a year and a half. You've never come into a sales meeting and encouraged us. And he looked at me. He said, you're right, Jeff. I'm telling this guy he's got a big, great business, good business. But his, he wasn't getting the mess. I come to that company. I knew nothing. Of, like, it was called Avalon Shutters. I knew nothing about shutters. My first month, I was closing at like 72%. They're going, that's, that's insane. You don't know anything about shutters. You're closing at 72 freaking percent for the first three months you worked here. No one has ever done that. That's how do you do it? No one has ever done it. They go, how do you do? It? I said, because I deal with the customer. The customer likes me. And if they, I can't answer a question, I'll get it from you guys. I call you up immediately, say, hey, blah, blah, blah. I know how to measure the windows, blah, blah, blah. But I, I was, and then when they wanted us to do, well, come on team, we can do this. Uh, we can reach this goal. We want to do a million dollars in shutters for this one month. And we got like 15 sales guys, uh, girls and women. 
but they wouldn't reach it because they had no incentive. I used to look at the salesman, look at him and go, so what do we get for, if we meet you a million dollars, what are we gonna get? Well, a pat on the back? What? Right. Really? That, you're not gonna get anything. You're not gonna reach the goal. And they start taking some of my suggestions. We start kicking ass. Nice. Stuff like that. I mean, so that's what has motivated me through my 40 plus years of direct sales and how I raised four kids and I had a wife and a home and sent them through college because I always had, I was always motivated to make more money. Right. That's, I mean, money's one of the best motivators, right? That is it. If you don't have that, then you're not getting nothing out. You're not going to have an enthused sales force. You just won't. If they're not, they're just doing it for you. You're just going to give them a pat on the back with no money, no, no bonus, no nothing. Really? Right. You're not going to keep it. You're not going to even keep these guys. The top guy will leave eventually because there's, there's nothing. You're not giving him. He's what, what motivates me to be the top guy every month. So they start having little contests. So salespeople are competitive. If you don't have a goal, you're not going to get it. It's not going to work. And I, and I showed so many companies that i I've been with a lot of different companies helping guys make money, but you know, God showed me, man, I mean, I'm, I'm a spiritual guy that I already gave you something, kid. You, you got a recipe to a cookie. You, I gave you this when you was in college. It's 40 years later. If you just put it out there and do with the passion you have for sales and what you do in sales, you're going to make it. That's all you need to do. Yeah, I think it's really cool, man. Uh, you're very inspiring to me personally because um, I've always wanted to just kind of do my own thing. I don't want to have a job. Like I don't – something about being able to – To, to have your own schedule, to have the flexibility yeah. to do what you want. It's that flexibility, yes. I also just don't answer to people well. I don't like when people <laughs> tell me what to do. Like, I, I do right. like Hey, sales is perfect. If you be good, that's what I loved about it. No one told me what, how long to go for lunch. I could take a day off whenever I wanted to. Why? Because I was a producer. You couldn't tell me. You know, once, I, I don't need a boss. I, my boss is the, making that money. That's what make, drives me. That's what gives me. And that's what it was. That's when I learned the sales. I watched a guy who was punching the clock and I watched the company. And I watched the salespeople hobnob with the owner, the, the, the executives. They're down there shooting the crap and shooting it. And we are all up here busting our butt. We're, we're, we're a technical illustrating company. We had, we, I'm at my little desk getting my little stuff out and, and, and working eight hours, busting my ass, come back in and do it again. And then the sales guys that sold the job, they're down there. They're having coffee and beer and in there with the owners of the company kicking it rubbing elbows never punched a, they never punch a clock they come and go as they please as long as you're producing you're the company's best friend and so once i got a taste of that that was it how much um do you think like goes into the success of a salesperson like obviously part of it is the incentives that the company provides uh obviously some of it is you know, like your personality. Are you able to talk to people? Are you able to hold a conversation like we're doing? Yes, yes. Um, but how much of it is learnable? Because sales, I feel like is a dying art. You know, I feel like my generation kind of looks at sales like in a stereotypical way of like the yes. art salesman that's yeah. like, you know, trying yes. to sell you something you don't need, you know, right. Like, that. like just 
sleazy type vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah, they, that, that, that used carsman vibe sale thing. Mm -hmm. But see, the key to it, man, is to make a friend, dude. You don't have to. The good sales, I love a good salesperson. I, if you if they're good, they're gonna get me because I'm sitting there. My, I love and I know even some of the tricks of the trade. You know, I know the trade. I know when they're trying to do certain things to me, and I smile and I love it. If they're good at it, now if they're crappy at it, I I don't buy from them. I want the good guy. I want the guy to sell me. I, I I'm the easiest guy to sell if you're good, and that's right. what most people. So so, what sales you need in sales? You need to have a short memory first of all because you're gonna hear no's. You can't let a no deter you. Can't get sensitive i've seen people get sent they can i said you're not good for sales dude you're not going to get everyone everybody's not going to tell you yes and some of them you have to keep asking for the sale seven times before they do say yes mm -hmm. you know make a friend first though and it's all presentation it's all perception when you if you're going to be in sales be neat and clean be presentable don't come in with don't have dirty shoes don't have everything has to be on point. People judge you the first 10 seconds they see you. The first 10 seconds. What When I met you, what did you think the first 10 seconds when you when you met me? I don't know, honestly. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I, I don't know. That's I okay. feel like That's okay. from you our conversation, think though, like I said, man, we didn't talk for that long, but I was like, man, man this guy's doing something cool. Uh, yeah. No offense by this, but you're an older guy who's yeah. like going after his – dream which i think yes. is freaking awesome man because yes, a lot of times, like i'm like dang like i gotta do this now because if i don't like i'm gonna get stuck but it's like not necessarily man you can not necessarily you can you know you can go after something when you're 20 40 60 yeah. 80 you know yes yes you can you can that's the trip about it that is it so I would just tell people it starts with your presentation of yourself in direct sales it always has been you have to, you know, smelling good, looking. I, I had to, I'm a black guy, man. I've been in direct sales for 40 something years. I have to disarm people in the first 10 seconds they see me. I walk in the door, here's a black guy. So there's going to be some stereotypes. People have stereotypes in their mind. You can't help it. This is our society. So how do you get past them? First of all, I take all, you're not, I'm not wearing earrings. I'm not wearing a bunch of jewelry. I'm not, I'm clean. I smell good. I look good. I make sure that every time, man. Once I did that, I disarmed people. Now it's about, me making a friend and having you be confident that I know what I'm talking about. You right. know, you, 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 you get that. And then you have to ask the right kind of questions. You have to ask what they call buying questions. It, it, you have to first, first, let me get, let me get before you have to believe in the product because if you don't believe in the product you're selling, you can't sell it period. You cannot, I don't give a damn what it is. If it's dog food or cookies, if you don't believe in it, 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 it you, you can forget about it. So that's, 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 if you have that, trust and belief and you know the product is good like the vacuums man those vacuums are so damn good i would get that little hoover out thing and vacuum over a couple spots and i'd go over and i keep back and say well, you think it's clean you think it's clean you think it's clean i'm asking i get putting this in their mind mm -hmm. okay is that enough yeah that's enough so i take out one of these electrics i put it together and i go one swipe one stop turn the machine off i put a test cloth in it they can and i open it up and i go look at it i go i look at them and they go did that come out of the i no way do that again no way <laughs> And I, I got them. See, now I got you. I got you going. Oh, okay, I do it again. I'm doing one time. That's insane. Then I, and so you have to know. Then I tell them that's not your fault, especially women, because I'm selling to mostly women. 
This is not because they get appalled. Oh, they, they want to throw it away. They get all it sent. I said, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's that vacuum. It's that other machine. It's right. not cleaning. You're vacuuming every day and it's not picking up nothing. So they start. To, oh, you're right. I need a good machine. Yeah, this is this one is two thousand dollars. It's going to last you 20 years. Well, uh, I have to wait to get OK for my husband. I said, look, Mrs. Riley, if you ask your husband if you could have this vacuum, it's two thousand dollars. What is he going to say? He's going to say no. Exactly. So let me <laughs> ask you a couple of questions. I tell him, I give him options. I go, so if he said, I says, I'm going to leave it here for three days. You don't have to worry about it. So you can come home. In. So if he says you can't have it, I'm planting seeds. If he says you can't have it, most women look around. What do you mean? And now I planted, I said, so he's going to say no. I said, well, which day of the week does he vacuum? He doesn't vacuum. He doesn't use the, he doesn't vacuum. Okay. He, so you say he's not going to vacuum, but you, you have to keep your house clean, right? You see, do you want to get the dirt? They go, yeah, I want to get the dirt. I go, so. Let me ask you a question, ma'am. I'm going to leave the machine here. And if he says you can't have it, so just make, you know, you know what his favorite meal is. You you already know your husband. Wait, you know, I don't know your husband, but you know him. You know what? If you want something, you know how to get it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Women are you good know at that. <laughs> You know what to do. And then I do this to him. I said, so let me ask you a question. Does your husband uh, mow the lawn and stuff? She says, yes. I said, did he ask you which lawnmower to get? Did he or did he get the one he thought would do the, the good job? Yeah, he did that. I said, uh, your, your husband golf? Yeah, he golfs. I said, did you, he, he, you help him pick out the clubs he wanted? Did he get the ones he thought was going to do the best job for him? He's going get, to get the job done. I could take anything. I take, does your husband work on cars? She says, yes. I said, does he have tools out in the garage that he uses? She says, yes. I said, did you pick any of them? Because you don't work on cars, right? It's not your job. That's not what you do. But it is your job to keep this house clean, right? It is your job to maintain this household that he pays for. So it is your job to maintain, keep the rugs clean with this good vacuum that's going to last you 20 years. Because if you don't get this vacuum, ma'am, you're going to buy a vacuum every two years. And by you get to year 10, you've already bought an Electrolux. You right. paid for one. And you this this vacuum has a 10-year warranty. When I hit them with the facts of the matter, then it's like they're and husbands and the men are the easiest to say. I love when the husband's there. He's because a man all he wants to know how powerful it is and how what kind of value he's going to get out of the machine. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the warranty? When I tell him 10 years, 15 years, the husband's like, shit, we'll get the vacuum. Right. So you have to know your product. You got to know how to make a friend with the customer. When I'm leaving their house, they just paid two grand for a machine. They're thanking me. Thank you, Jeff. Waving me by and thanking me very much and blah, 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 because I just showed them how to get all the dirt out of their furniture, their carpet, their rugs, everything. Right. Same thing I do with this cookie. I'm talking about the cookie and the, the cookie, uh, all the different qualities of the cookie. It's a great cookie. It tastes good. It gives you it, you even have a good bowel movement after you eat all these oatmeal cookies. Good fiber, good fiber. You're going to have a good bowel movement. I've had guys tell me that. Dude, I love these cookies, man, because I I got the best bowel movement. I ain't had a good bowel movement, and I don't know when, but these at oatmeal, man, that you, it, you know, it's it good for you. Does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yeah. Hey, look, you can eat this cookie for breakfast when you're going trying to get a little snack, quick snack, and dip it in your coffee, your cocoa. It's good for lunch when you're having one with your sandwich, and it's good for dessert because you put ice cream over. I crumble my cookies up over my ice cream or my yogurt, and it's I love this Odomolis crumble. Man, they can you can cook them, you can eat them any kind of way. It don't matter what type of day it is. And guess what? You're not guaranteed not to get a sugar rush on these old molars. You're not. It's true. Because I don't use 
I don't use white sugar and I don't use a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> uh-huh. you mentioned this a couple of times, so I want to pick your brain about it. Um, how, how was it or how is it, I guess still, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know how much it affects now, but being black, have mm-hmm. you dealt with like direct racism throughout your life? Much? Let's call or... it, let's, let's call it indirect. Okay. I, being a salesman, and dude, I, a couple times I've dealt with it direct. Where I had people come to the door when I was selling vacuums, and just at that whole rate. Look at me, what, what, what? And I could just tell by the attitude. I didn't call. Yeah, your wife did. Here's the ticket. You know, you call. well. And and I've heard people try to treat me like crap in the house. You know what I do? I get up and leave. Right. I've had people try to talk crazy to me. You know, you're gonna do this, and I says, no, I'm not. Look, I'm an independent. I don't have to do crap for you. As a matter of fact, I'm done with you. I pack up everything and leave. They call the office. Oh, that man just blocked. Hey, they'll tell him, you know what, ma'am? He's independent. He's our best guy. It's nothing we can do. You, there's you, nothing we, <laughs> right. The pro, they can tell. They like he's one of our best guys. He's been with us for like 15. He's going on 20 years. If he, what happened? They'll ask. Well, if he left, then something must, and he's on our best. So they're not going to do anything to me. I would tell him, look, you, you're not going to talk to me crazy. I have had people try to, I, I, I maybe on four occasions in 20 years that I've left a home because I felt threatened or felt like they were really, you know, talking, got me in the homes. I'm, I'm not comfortable. I don't feel comfortable because hell, you know, if, if it was today, I probably got shot already in this America where everybody's shooting everybody. But, you know, back in the day, I just leave, but I could tell they didn't like me and maybe it was. And in the sign business, same thing. I'd, I'd go into boardrooms where they're all white males and and I'm trying to sell their bank a sign. It's a hundred and twenty thousand dollar deal. And they see me and I don't even get they don't even have a reason. It's just I already know it's because I'm black, you know, and mm-hmm. I smile and I'm OK with it. I, I leave because I've, I've ran I've ran into that in the business because when I started in the sign business, there weren't any black account executives is what they called them. Now, there was black sign men and crane operators and people that work, but never nobody with a suit. I had suit and tie on every day. I walk in places every day with suit and tie on, but but then I'd run into that good old boy thing sometimes and I have to live with it. Nothing I can do about it. You you learn to live with it. If you're gonna be in direct sales, everybody ain't gonna like you. They're not. And even, I've had people not like me, but maybe have bought from me because I demonstrated the product and I kept my calm and cool and, and I could feel like they don't really like me, but it's okay, I'm gonna show this, I'm gonna show this machine. And, and make them see the value in having it. So, you know, you have to, you have, to have thin skin. Another thing that helped me actually was also when I was a, a junior high, my mother moved to Orange County, California, and we moved in an all-white neighborhood at a cul-de-sac. So my best friends were, were the, the Isaac family, which lived across the street, and they had like four boys, and they were my buds. So mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to learn both cultures, and it really – because we had different language. When I first moved there, certain words meant certain things to them and different net words to me. And so I had that, I got that experience. And I went to college in, in Orange County, same thing. And I got that experience of both cultures. Because if I hadn't have went there, I wouldn't have had to been able to deal with certain things. I, I'm sure I would have probably, and I've had, hell, I had to deal with racism in college, man, from my teachers, my my professors showing me racism. And I go to talk to the dean and they were the, actually the dean of the mathematics department. I've had some stuff happen to me, man, that uh, I, I wanted to change my major to art because I did these things called string sculptures. I would, people were paying me two and $300 in the 70s to do these designs in their apartments and their businesses and their shops. Is that and like I went to like connect the string with the Yes, I, yes, oh, I was so cool. 
Yeah, I was doing them in the 70s, early 70s. I was doing these things three-dimensional. I would take your wall, look at the wall, make a pattern, and 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 hit your ceiling and maybe another wall. They were so fantastic. I went to the dean of the uh, art department because I wanted to change my major. I was going to be a junior that fall. And I says, look, I showed him a couple things. So he says, hey, I wanted to get into the, the, the art department and not have to do all that freshman and sophomore stuff because I was going to be a junior. And he right. says, here's what you do. He says, he gave me a list of things to do. You know, we didn't have cell phones. He says, you get your, we had a, a, a slideshow presentation. We had a, there were, we had slides. I don't know if you're, you're too young, you know, probably don't know what that I is. I don't think I ever experienced it, but I think I know you, what you're you, talking about. Like, yeah, the, it was a little, it was a little round thing. You, you take pictures and you put these slides and it was, it's a projector that projected them up on the screen or a wall. And it was like you having a, a, a you know, it was way before cell phones and blah, blah, blah. So he said, you needed to show some some stuff. So what I did, my mother took out a $5,000 loan on her house. I went and had a professional photographer take pictures of all these. I took them around LA city. We took a week or two to do this, go around and take these photos of all these designs I had done in people's apartments, loft bedrooms going. Design goes from the living room to the loft. I was good, brother. I was tough. And and then I took, uh, I went to school. I went to Otis Parsons School of Design, downtown Los Angeles. I took a class in color theory and another class. I forget the name of it. I went to a marketing, uh, this guy named uh, Goodwin. I forget his first name, but he was a, a white guy that knew about how, having artists make money off their art. He told us how to do it, but it was a $1,200 seminar in Beverly Hills at a Beverly Hills hotel. I never, $1,200 back in 1975 was crazy money, okay? $1,200, but my mom get, got a loan and gave me the, I, I took that art marketing class. It was only two black people in that class, me and his other uh, seminar and his other sister. And he, 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 I, he, I bought his book. He signed it. He saw my art, some of my art. He said, I, he said, I was on the right track. I was going to be good. I, I mean, I had people of all races and colors look at, after I got it put together, I had the slideshow present. I had my, I had a portfolio with matted, beautiful pictures of all this art I had done. Took that stuff back to the dean of the art department, and he told me no. Crushed me. I bet. All, he told me no. And I'm like, why? I give you every, you asked me to do, uh, the whole summer, I brought back my show that I had been to art school. I had done this seminar. I had got the photographer and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I got a natural gift. He told me no destroyed me. I went in some area, secluded area, and I just cried all afternoon. Wow. Cried. I was I was like 19 years old. I was destroyed, wow. man. I didn't know what to do. And you think that's because of your skin color? Oh, oh, for sure. No doubt. Back in that time, we was having some stuff. Same thing happened to me. I, my, my, I was a, I was a uh, engineering major out of high school. I had a class, um, Math 100, with all engineering majors and all, everybody had to take If he's going to be an engineer or a Scientists, blah. You had to take math 100. Well, I had a teacher, doc, Dr. Benson. He was a towering, tall, white guy. He was very intimidating. I was the only black kid in his Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday class. I would raise my hand. I wasn't intimidated by not. I wanted to be. I was participating. I wasn't sitting in the back of the class, not, not, not participating. And uh, uh, I went to a lab and, and I would go to these labs and he would look out, come, he looked down at me out, out over his nose and say, who are you? And I was like, what the heck you mean? Who am I? You know who I am, Jeff Williams. I'm in your Tuesday, Thursday. How could you? He would ask me, he did that to me twice. Who are you? 
duh. So I was like, somebody help me. I talked to some, went to some people that, because um, I, I was new and I'm a freshman. And I went and they said, well, you need to go talk to the dean. And one day I'm looking for the dean's office. I get to the door and his name was Dr. Benson. He was the dean. He was the dean of the math. He was the dean of the mathematics department. I was a freshman. I wasn't going to go in there and tell him that he was making me feel right. some kind of racist or da da da. He was intimidating me because that's what he was doing. He wanted me out of there. He saw I was a he saw I was an engineering major, but just to go to prove that. So after I was going to be a junior, this here comes a white man walking up to me, regal looking white man walking up to me, walks up to me. So are you Jeff Williams? I go yes, yes sir. Who are you? He says, my name is Dr. Carter. I'm the dean of the engineering department, and you were supposed to be an engineering major. I go, yes, sir. I start telling him the story about what happened. He walked, hand walked me to all these classes and told these teachers, these math teachers, this kid, you make sure he's going to pass his class. Help him. He, they, he was trying to help me, but he had an ulterior motive because I found out that the state, of course, when you have a that that's when uh uh the uh, uh what's that uh, um a lot of conservatives don't like uh, uh affirmative, when you help. Action. affirmative action but that was that was happening big back in the 70s so they were getting all kind of crazy money if they could show that they had minorities in the engineering department so that's why he was there that's why mr carter was there he was there i mean he had ulterior mode he wanted to get he needed the funding for us for the engineering department and he wanted to help me at the same time and come to find out that he told me who my real, uh, uh, my my uh, um, counselor was in the administration building that I had never met in two years, dude. My my counselor had never called for me to go over my package and what my goals were for, to be in that Cal State Fullerton. And I found her, when he told me, the dean of the, he told me who she was. And because I guess that's where he found out. They go in the administration, where are all the engineering majors? Blah, blah, blah. Who's African-American? Who's, who's Asian-American? Blah, blah, blah. We need... That's how I did. So he told me I went in and I met this lady. She couldn't even look me in my eye. She was my counselor. She had never called and checked on me to see if I was on on course or on. I, I was finding for all these other oddball people that were on campus trying to. It wasn't even she. She was my my counselor. Hmm. And that's where I lost. I lost a lot of like. Faith in the, in the in the educational system. I was like this. I've been through too much here. I'm I'm be a junior. I've had the dean of the mathematics department. I've had the the, the math, art department shun me. I've had people trying to help me, and then you are my counselor. You haven't even looked me up. So how is a black kid gonna ever succeed when you, he can't? He's not really getting the help or guidance enough, and he's getting all you can't. So you did can't. you finish, or were you just like screw this? I'm out. I got. I came. I I'm like thirty less than 30 credits away from getting any degree. So I ended up in the uh, 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 business. I, I took up, I felt like I was business economics. So I got, I got, I said, that was the easiest little degree I could maybe get. But what disheartened me, this is a true story, man. I'm telling you all facts. I'm in there, I'm doing economics. Damn, I started thinking about some economics and I'm taking a blue book test. You're familiar with blue books if you went to college. No, well, they have these, they give you these tests, blue book. Make okay. a long story short. I'm in there and we're taking the test and I'm looking around and I'm watching all these kids cheat. I'm watching kids break. One guy has all these answers written on his 
pen. I don't know. He's got stuff written. He's looking at. I see ink marks on his forearm. I see a girl. She's sitting there kind of lollygagging and bull crapping. And she has a book already filled out that has all the answers in it. She's just going to replace that with the one that uh, put the blank one in her thing. And I see I'm looking around me. I'm seeing people peeking in their books and the professor never looks up. He's at his desk with his head down. He never walked around the class to see if anybody was cheating or nothing. I'm sitting there and I was shocked because I was taught never cheat. You're trying to take it honestly. I'm trying to take the test honestly because you're never supposed to cheat. You can get thrown out of you. They can expel you, blah, blah, blah. You don't cheat. But I'm sitting here looking around me and I'm seeing it in my face. These kids are cheating. This is unfair. This is really unfair. This ain't right. And and then that same semester, I had a American studies class. I had American studies class that had us reading Vonnegut and Thoreau and blah, 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 but we would take blue book tests. So all the tests were subjective to what you thought and how you looked at things. And so this guy gave me a D on my blue book test was gonna affect my overall grade. He gave me a D, this professor. So I, I luckily I had enough gumption and nerve. I walk up into his office. I had some, I had a, a, a professor that gave me this courage. He was a black professor and he taught Ebonics at the time. And he showed us how how the communication thing, how we communicate differently. Actually, we're bilingual. As black people, we're bilingual. At the time, it was, why are we bilingual? Well, I could see it because I went to school with, in high school with all white kids, went to college with white kids. So I, I start learning how to cross my T's and dot my I's when I talk. I can say, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I had I a couple of words where you had to be able to cross your T's and dot your I's. I just say that. But I went to this guy and I said to him, why did he give me the D? And he and he, and he I says, well, I explained to him. I says, listen, he said, we're t- you're teaching American studies. It's mostly about white America. It's not about. So I'm my my when you ask the question, I'm looking at it through a black man's eyes, not. I didn't experience the same experience you experienced in American studies. And I was right. What I was saying, he changed my grade. I, I came into him. No, he changed my grade. I said, he looked at it. I said, you, how can I look at it through your eyes? This is white America. You're talking about American studies. Mostly they're not teaching about, uh, this is not black studies or African-American studies. This is American white studies. I read you the book, the Thoreau, and I don't see, he's a white man looking at things and dealing with how he sees the, how he was exploring in the, in the Northwest or whatever, but he changed my grade. The, I, the thing is he did change my grade because he saw what I was, he understood. He, and I'm grateful to him. I'm like, cause he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't, he was, he just didn't, he's looking at, he's grading my paper based on his own, feelings and what he's experienced and that my experience is not your experience. So right. he changed my grade. He did change it. He changed it. He was like, okay. He said, that's valid. He's <laughs> basically you. That's a valid argument. So you he- had to change that grade. And then you're like, maybe I should get into sales. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my first uh, sales job was in high school. I sold something called Fuller brush. Okay. I was a, and they, you know they don't do that no more. Your grandparents know about Fuller Brush. There was a big Fuller Brush was all the had all these things to clean your home. It was very popular back in the 40s and 50s. Very popular. And I had this job, and I quit the job. The guy got angry with me because I quit it because he was dropping me off in neighborhoods, all white neighborhoods. I was a little black boy, and I was frightened. I was actually afraid. 
But so I would knock on every door. I would knock on everybody's door so I can get in the house. I didn't want to be on the street. <laughs> I didn't right. want to be in the neighborhood. So I would go in there and, I, and people like me. I would sell 50, 60 brush, uh, dollars worth of brushes a night. And that man, and then he, but my guy who had the man who had hired me, he never praised me. He never gave me credit until I said I was quitting. I said, well, I'm going to quit. I'm going to, he says, you can't quit. I go, why not? You're my best guy. You're the best guy. You're the best out of everybody I got. You sell 50 to $60 worth of brushes every time out there. Nobody does that. Well, it was too late. <laughs> you're too late to tell me now you're praising me. Now you're giving me. If he had been smart, he would have been pumping me up. He would have been and giving me incentives. He had, It was no incentive. He, he told me that at the end. And then I thought I was angry a little bit. TP, well, how come you never told me I was good? You know, right. yeah. you told me I was, you should have encouraged me, not just look at me. I'm, <laughs> right. making you, I'm, I'm making you money, apparently, and you're not telling me I'm the best, right? Right. I've experienced so many things, man. I've been doing sales since I was 17. So that's why I was able to, you're right. The things you said, I was able to figure it out. I didn't, I, I never wanted to be in sales because back in the day, all the, you know, you used to get the newspaper and it had classified. Well, if you go through the classified ads, there were always more sales jobs than anything in classified. You could, it's tons of sales jobs, but nobody was, everybody wanted to get a paycheck. Everybody wanted to punch the clock and make sure they had a paycheck. And I, I, I used to think the same thing, but then I started seeing when I got out of college that sales were probably the only thing that you could do that you could make a bunch of money and uh, people get different kind of respect. I started learning that. So that's why I kind of went over to it. And wherever I've worked, man, people, I've always been a top guy. I've always gotten praise and like you actually make sales. I make sales. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I know this is probably not uh, the topic that you had in mind when we were scheduling this <laughs> or anything, but I do appreciate right. you going down That's this okay. rabbit hole because one of yeah. the reasons, one of the goals of the podcast is to kind of like, you know, explore different experiences that people have, look at different perspectives and different worldviews, because I think you can learn a lot from just talking to people. Um, yep. Do you think that the race situation, racism or race relations, whatever you want to call it, um, mm -hmm. you think it has been improving lately, or do you think it's been getting worse? And if you don't well, want to, answer, don't no, 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 I, no, I'm, I'm not a shy with this one at all. Um, I would think it depends on who you're freaking asking, because here's why we all know that a lot of misinformation has kind of flooded us in the last what 10 years, maybe. Um, it when Obama got elected. I cried, man. I couldn't even help the tears. It was just, I've been through so many things through my life. I've experienced it. Hell, I had police try to arrest me for stealing a McDonald's hamburger when I didn't really intentionally steal it in Costa Mesa, California. Really? Costa, yes, I was 16. And like, I was with my hamburger. Yeah, yeah th that's what happened because my buddy had lost his, left his wallet at the gas station. And we were all in line getting burgers, our orders. And, you know, we were ordering. And then he started running out the place. So the girl brought my bag. I take the bag, had a, a hamburger and fries in it. And we we get in the car and we drive, trying to drive back to the gas station. Well, before we get there, we have a, 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 a cop car pillow behind us, put the lights on us. He stops us. He doesn't come to the car. He steps out the car with a shotgun. Then two more cars. Go, then we get a helicopter. Put this helicopter puts a light on us. I, this true story, bud. He put, the helicopter is going around. Blah, 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 blah. 
And we're sitting there looking like, what the heck is going on? And there's four black boys, four of us in the car. And Kevin, he's the driver. He says, I'm going to get out. So he bolted. And at that time, he I wouldn't have done this nowadays, but he opens the door and gets out to go talk to the, the officer. And he comes back to the car. He says, you, he said, this is about that hamburger, the hamburger that you didn't pay for. Not intentionally, because we were kind of laughing about it until they pull up on us. So they, 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 they escort us back to the McDonald's, have the girl at McDonald's put a citizen's arrest on me. They handcuff me, put me in the back of a car, take me to city Costa Mesa police station. We get there. The chief goes, what is this? And they tell him and he goes, loses his mind. He's cussing. He closes the one. He's cursing him out saying, you got to be shitting me. A McDonald's hamburger. They throw him away every night. What? What? It? And he was livid, dude. He was losing it. Like, <laughs> and my mother was out of town. I was staying with Kevin and his mom. His mom, Mrs. Jeffrey, she was a she was an activist too. She's a, she comes down there reading everybody the, the riot act. She's screaming, going, What the heck is going on? This kid is 16-year-old boy. What is this about? A McDonald's freak? Oh, she went off a, a dollar at the time. That burger couldn't have been like a dollar twenty-five, maybe. Right. And back in the 70s, it was cheap. And they, hey man, the and the, the the police chief took her screaming at him. He was very humble. Let her scream and let her take me home. And the Coast City of Costa Mesa sent me all these letters sent to my house and my letter asking forgive, you know, just saying they apologize, blah blah blah. Because we didn't realize it. My mom didn't write. We could have sued them. They could have been sued big Probably, time. Man. Dude, they got a freaking yeah. helicopter out for. A they moment. had a helicopter. That's that's what the chief was saying. He says I got a freaking. He didn't say freaking. Helicopter out there, you spinning gas. You got five police cars for a freaking McDonald's hamper. He was losing, he couldn't believe. He was like, I can't believe you. <laughs> right. We got the Haitians because the Haitians, the Haitians was having a, some kind of war. They were running there getting guns. I got the Haitians, and I don't know if you've heard of the Haitians. It's a motorcycle gang out okay. in California. They call the Haitians. The actual like people from Haiti or with Haiti? No, no. No, they were they were called the Haitians. There was a white motorcycle. I don't know why they oh. call themselves. They were Haitian white club, white motorcycles. I can see you said the Haitians to, from Haiti. I was Haiti. thinking Haiti, man. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking Haiti. No, these were they call the Haitians, or maybe I'm saying it wrong, but they were they were running, getting guns and shotguns, and he was. That's why he was so pissed off. He had all this going on, and you got my helicopter with a with for some guys with a hamburger saying was they the stole a hamburger. Gang, like trying to help you out, or were they like? No, 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 no. It just happened while I was sitting there. Oh, you're saying that there's they, more important things to focus. There's more important thing. That's what the chief was saying. I got Haitian. I got a motorcycle gang going on. You guys using freaking resources on a, on a freaking less than two dollar hamburger. Are you kidding me? Some kids. Yeah. For some kids, you want to arrest a kid? Cause why? Cause he's black. Maybe. Right. Cause a little white kid. They would say, pay for the burger. Because that's what we wanted to do. We said, can't we just give you the money for the burger? Because we right. were telling what happened. We didn't we didn't try to steal a hamburger. Right. And I was the only one that had food. Everybody else had run out, but my food had come first. So I, I didn't even, I wasn't even in my mind, I wasn't stealing it. What happened? I grabbed we and I was like, oh wow, I didn't I even said it when Christ said I didn't even pay for this. Right. And a couple minutes later, boom. Because the little girl behind the counter came and said, oh, I know what she did. The little little girl behind the counter said, oh, he took the hamburger. The little white girl. He took the burger. So yeah. I'm, I'm, he stole. He robbed us. Right. But you didn't mean to. No. Right. We, asked, we told him that. We said, look, can we just pay you? 
It was an honest it mistake. It was an accident. Yeah, yeah, it was an honest mistake. We didn't come in there robbing a rob. Come on. Right. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. So I'm so feel something. It's gonna be more than a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. So when you say about race relations, I just say that that because you know you talk to majority uh, of people like uh uh like I'm talking to you. They're good people out here. They're good people, white and black, man. I mean, how come we can get along playing sports, but we can't just get along? You know what I mean? We we go team, you know. I, I, I've always said that, you know, I mean, sure, there are racist black. So there's some guys that can't stand, you know, black guys that can't stand white folks either. But mm -hmm. then I always ask, well, how did it start? Y'all brought us here. You made us slave. You enslaved my people. You separated our families. You said we couldn't speak our language. You took everything from us. Right. And we didn't create the situation. But if you like the average black guy, if you would ask him if he wanted to have race wars, he would tell you no. Right. He would yeah, say the no. The majority of people seem very reasonable and respectful. Yeah. The majority yeah. of people are very reasonable and respectful. They are. It's just that, you know, you've gotten, let's be honest, you've had this, the, 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 the Donald Trump presidency caused a lot of problems. And, but it started with Obama, not that because. Good, good white folks voted for Obama. Couldn't have been not uh, nominated if it wasn't for some white folks. Come on, right. <laughs> it wasn't. He couldn't have got there if it wasn't for white folks too. But the the establishment, the good old boys there, vowed to make it hard as hell. They wouldn't pass nothing. They wouldn't help him. He got the company because remember Bush had bankrupted the company. I don't know how old you were, but I lost my home, my first home. I lost it with the games that they played with the the banks and stuff going belly up. Then then the the people we bailed them out and they still don't give us a break. Right. White. I'm talking about white and black. The people, just the people of this country. So then you get Trump comes in there and and says out loud what a lot of people were afraid to say. You know, straight up. Uh, you know, say nigga, 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 you know, and 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 they don't want brown people, shithole countries, and 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 Mexicans are rapists. And you heard Donald Trump say all that, and here's a guy who's saying grab him by the pussy. I mean, and when you had people not care about what he was doing, had how many baby mamas? Nobody else could ever got. Look at Obama's presidency and look at Trump's presidency. No scandals, hella scandals. Yep. Lied all the time. It's White people. That, sorry, God. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's a shame. I was going to say, you, you brought up the establishment thing with Obama. Like, it's a shame that that establishment exists, you know? Because, mm. like, Obama was running on, like, hope, change, you know, all this good all stuff. That. Yeah, all this good stuff. Get everybody, get everybody health care. Get everybody health care. Let's help the people. And they didn't want that. And then he gets in there, and then, like, they're like, okay, you can't do that, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. Hey, hey, boy, you're not going to you, right. let you do that. Mitch McConnell, I'm not going to let you do nothing. They had a meeting. As soon as the boy got elected, they had a meeting. We're going to make it this hard. He ain't going to get nothing through. They kept trying. They Just ridiculous. It was obvious. It was so blatant that they just wouldn't help the country. They wouldn't, you know, it was crazy. And I he still helped the country. Yeah, he did. I think that's one thing that people do tend to get wrong about Trump, though. I think that he is a response to the establishment. Now, he's not the best spokesman for it. You know, he says some shit that you shouldn't say, you know. Well, he obviously well, got some views that most people wouldn't agree with. But I think people like that he, like, on his first debate, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he Jeb Bush like tries to interrupt him, and he's like, "Oh, shut up!" or something like that. And the whole crowd boos. Yeah, and he's like, that's all their donors. He's like, they told me that this entire audience is full of donors that pay them to put the laws that they want in place. He's like, I don't need donors. He's like, I'm here. No one's here rooting for me. And I think, and I, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but I think, you know, I watch that now and I'm like, I'm kind of like, not going to lie to you. I'm kind of like, hell yeah, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like in that sense. Well, let's look at, I mean, I, 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 I have, I, I have a black buddy of one of my, I love this guy. His name's Rain. He's a friend of mine. He loves Trump. He loves Trump. Him and I, like I, I still love him. I, I, what I didn't know that he was a Trump guy until it came about, and we had we got into some straight up arguments. But I said, I still, you're a good guy. I know, I know him. I know his character, good character. Now, I don't agree, but I don't, I don't even think. I think that some of the things Trump maybe wanted to do, I don't think he's all wrong either. I didn't think Trump was all wrong. I just, you gotta question though the. A lot of things he said was just weren't true. They weren't true. And you can't be the president. I mean, I think all presidents lie. Let me say that. I think they all lie. I think the politicians lie. They all lie. I changed my affiliation. I used to be Democrat. I changed to independent. I changed my shit to independent because I don't like everything that the the Democrats do and say either. I'm like, you know, you, you, you know, at least, at least when I go to Texas and down South, if a white guy don't like me, I know he don't like me and I can stay out his way. I don't have to like him and we're mutual. But I don't like the guy that pretends like he likes me, but really hates my freaking guts. That's the scary guy. That's the one that I can't really deal with. I can't trust that. I'd rather for you to tell me you don't like a certain thing and we're going to mutually agree. You know, you stay on your side of the fence. I stay on my side and we'll be fine. I won't mess with your shit. You don't mess with mine. That's an agreement. We can we can cool. But the guy who's pretending he likes me and blah, 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 but he's steadily undermining me. I can't see that. And then something happens and, you know, they're the ones that did it. Now, I don't like that. That's sneaky and dirty. That's really underhanded. I'd rather for you not to like me and I know you don't like me and we'll stay out each other's way. Mutually agree. I'll stay on my side because I don't, you know, it's fine. So that's, that. that's the thing, man. I, it's too many things that he said that really hurt people. Like he didn't, he talk about shithole countries. Well, you talking about countries in the, where I, my 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 ancestors from Africa. These are shithole countries. I mean, you calling people names and saying things about them, but then you say, I, I, "I it's hard for me to trust Trump." That's the problem. It's like you want. I, I like the idea of let's get rid of all taxes because you know there's no such things as income tax anyway. Most of the majority of people. I don't know if you know this. There's no such thing as income tax. It was abolished in 19. 19- the Congress did it in 1932. And if and what happens, the reason, reason why you and me and a lot of I stopped doing it, people pay taxes because we sign that thing where you go get to turn your tax in, you get from the post office and you do your taxes. No one reads the fine print. You're entering in an agreement to pay the IRS. You're telling them you will pay. You made a contract, which it was abolished. Why do you think the super wealthy don't pay tax and the Congress people, they know these, they know about these laws, but they wouldn't get the money. They, they're sucking all the money. They've been, they've been hoodwinking the American people for, for since the beginning, man. There's a, dude, there's a, a book. I'm getting ready to go buy it today, man. It's <laughs> called, I, I just saw it, dude. I want to tell you that, um, where is it? I wrote it down. Um, oh, I know it's right. Hold on one quick second. Go ahead, man. Uh, it's right. 
Damn it. All right. All right. Now I can't find it. But there's a book that talks about the uh, I'm going to buy it today. And I wrote it down. I, I cleaned up. But it's about how this country, how they uh, have uh, made Americans and, you know, sign a deal to pay taxes when there's really the only thing you can tax is firearm, tobacco and guns. The, the uh, what's that? The FTA, the firearm tackling, ETF, alcohol, tobacco, AD, firearms. Yeah, those are what you can tax. There mm -hmm. is no such thing as income tax, and they make us voluntarily sign an agreement to pay them the income tax. I tell people, I learned this. I had a his name is Jeff Hubercheck, a white guy, brilliant man. He was going to represent me in a tax court, and they stopped. They told me I could bring my lawyer, and once I told them the guy's name, they called me back at home, shuddering like, uh, "Sir, sir, we can't let." Uh, Mr. Jeffrey Hubercheck, he's he's on the DOJ watch list because he's always beat them. They try to he helped people with millionaires with taxes and it goes away. They can't tax. They, they're afraid of him. So he. They wouldn't let me use him. They wouldn't let me use him because they had him on a on a DOJ. He's on the DOJ website. His name, you can Google it now. His name is on there because he has won. And he I, I've been he lives in Vegas. I've been to his home. I've seen all the cases that he's litigated and won. That man is that brilliant. He's not afraid of any tax person. He got me stopped being afraid of taxes because he told me, he said, on all your tax returns at the bottom, you should write all after you sign your name, all rights reserved, all rights reserved. He says, sign your name. He said, because that reserves all your rights. You put it there. All right. Because anything you have if they try to take you to court, you've already signed the documents, all rights reserved. So the rights are your rights or there's no such thing as income tax. And people it's illegal, know it. isn't it? It's illegal, like by the constitution, it, it, right? By the constitution, the income tax are illegal. That's what but the whole Boston Tea Party was, right? Yes. <laughs> One of the founding things the, of the country. <laughs> dude, there's no such thing as income tax. It was abolished in 19. And this guy, Jeffrey Hubachek, I used to have he he every year he gets the tax code. He he's so good and so adept, he can remember all the codes and statutes in that book. And he would he got on the phone. I had a tax problem. I got on the phone with the IRS. I had him on the phone phone with me talking to the IRS and he had them eating out of his hand. He was quoting st statutes in their book. Don't you know about blah, blah, blah. It's code one, two, three and blah, blah, blah in section blah. And they he, they didn't even know. He says, you don't even know your own tax. Well, how do you guys even function? He was ripping them. He was ripping them. They they backed up off me. They got up off me, gave me everything I needed because he was quoting. He says, it's in your book. Don't you have a code? He and he had a book for every year. I had I had bought a couple too because and I had it highlighted where it says there's no such thing as income tax, bro. It's in there. It's in the tax code book. It is, but most so, of the majority. It's just so long and complicated that people people won't get. You were not going. Yeah, you you'll get lost in it. But he 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 relished it. He lived it. Man, he get in those tax courts and rip everybody a new asshole. Everybody. And and he, he had me, he says, and a tax person can't come to your door with a gun. They can't wear guns. They're not they're they if you see one with a gun, you shoot him off. You get up, get away from you. They can't bring a gun into your house. They can't didn't that come out? Like they just hired like I mean, what I don't know that exactly. Yeah, I saw that. I heard I heard that number. Yeah. Thousand? Is that what it is? Or Something is that like that. Yeah, they're not supposed to have guns. IRS agents with guns? No, they're not. They're not supposed to have guns. They no, do, right? Isn't that? Yeah, some do? of them do. Yeah, because they intimidate you. They come to intimidate. They can't even come. He said the only person that can come get you really is the 
actual attorney general of tax, whoever the whoever's over it, they have to show up personally. Jeff was so brilliant, man. He was brilliant. He was freaking. He still is brilliant. He 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 got me unafraid of the of the IRS because I used to I see I get an IRS piece of mail. I wouldn't even open it. I was scared to open it. I was afraid. Yeah, I know what you mean, bro. Then I stopped being afraid because mm. that's how you know all the Elon Musk and all these these billionaires. Uh, the, the, they don't they don't have a they do everything through the corporations because you know they pass corporations of people too my friend you know our boy from you the senator from utah said that uh romney corporations of people too so what they do is you know you have a corporation so you should do everything through your corporation you should buy everything through your corporation and because when you can as a citizen you get taxed at what 32 35 percent right you get and, and corporations of what 12 percent something crazy like that and that's why Elon Musk and the guy that the Apple before he died, they would they they on their tax returns they put they earn one dollar personally they get one dollar they're not paying taxes their corporations can and they're only paying twelve percent they 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 do everything through a corporate card you do everything through your corporate card they don't have personal uh, uh, credit cards they have they corporate have, cards they don't even like make a salary man just, they don't have a salary it's a dollar. It's no, it's no, they only have a salary, so you can't tax them. Mm -hmm. These people been knowing this. Donald Trump knows it, and a lot of them, they know it. They you can't tax. That's why they don't bring it up so much. You don't hear them harp on that stuff. Right. Well, and that's that's another thing that I will say. I like I totally understand where you're coming from about Trump, but they called him, they were like, You don't pay your taxes. And he's like, Yeah, it's because I follow the rules that you wrote. <laughs> there you go. He's right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Some of the stuff he says is right, but what 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 I don't like that he you know and no he was really a Democrat Donald Trump was a Democrat he wasn't life. a Republican he was most of his life he was a Democrat right mm -hmm. but he did things for reasons he did things for money and stuff like that he don't really give a shit of how he does his business all he cares yeah, about he, himself <laughs> right that's all he cares about himself so yeah he some of the stuff he says is right I learned from you I'm I'm smart for not paying my tax he said that to Hillary yeah I'm that makes me smart yeah, yeah. It, I couldn't even agree I said you know that's that's true yeah. makes him smart. Because yep. he's not paying taxes. You can't, he's not going to go to jail for taxes. Never, never, never. Maybe something else, maybe sedition, maybe something crazy. Or well, whatever they arrested him for now. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's got some explaining to do, bro. You know, they got all the tapes of, they got him telling, telling, tell, I just need a few hundred votes. He knew that they, he lost this war, but he kept perpetuating to people who are, who, are like cultish that want to they want to hold on to so much that's the problem you got these people that he lost the freaking thing maybe he can run again but why would he say he caused them people to riot because he said that they they stole it go up there and i'm gonna come by you can't do that yeah man it's uh it's gonna be interesting here i try to i like to kind of pay attention to what's going on in politics but my perspective is that it doesn't really matter who's president that there's people pulling the strings that we don't even know. We, are, we, are, we, we, always, we always talk about the deep state and why we do that because, you know, they show it to us on movies just like they do before anything. You know, they show us in the movies before it actually happens from from, from aliens to to uh, to the deep state to everything. You know, we see deep state, so we know there's some deep state. Ain't no damn way you're going to have a president, some guy coming off the street, 
for four years and they've been the culture and, the, and they've been running this shit underground and, and they take them in. Now, I heard about the room. They every every president goes into this room where they tell him, OK, now here's the freaking deal. Yeah, they show the him in, they, here, here what the real deal is right here. All that other stuff is politic and it's a game and they know it. So, yeah, I believe like what you say, it's a game, but I don't want it. What I don't want to see is what I want to stop is too much of is seeing black people, black men, especially getting shot in the back of just getting shot, period, for the same. If it was a white kid, a white person, they wouldn't shoot them. I yeah, mean, that kind of stuff. How much of that is just I mean, I'm sure there is definitely racist cops, but I uh, there it just seems to me like there's no they don't know how to handle stuff like the one the one guy. And this was after George Floyd got murdered. This was like a couple months later and people don't really talk about it as much because like the George Floyd mur murder kind of yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. headlines and stuff. This guy, I forget his name, unfortunately, but he the cop was like a couple feet away from him. Right. And this guy reaches into his car. Now, apparently he was going to grab a knife, which I understand if he's going to grab a knife, then he's a threat. But if he's only a couple feet away from you as a police officer, you should know how to grab a hold of that guy, disarm him from the knife and do it without giving him long lasting damage. There's a way right. to do that. Like there sure. is. Sure. Hey, listen, just, you're, you're right here. man. It's, it's so scary. here's that. Here's, here's what I always ask when I see stuff like that. I go and sometimes it bears out. Sometimes it doesn't. If you're a criminal, you're a criminal. I don't give a dang if you're black, white, brown or whatever. If you're doing something wrong, you know, you you and you don't comply and you, you know, if you're doing something wrong, you're gonna you're gonna suffer the consequences. But when some things are so simple and so my if you're afraid as a cop, why did you get the job? Why did you if you're afraid for your life every time you took a job that you're gonna have to have some consideration for that? But here's the other part. Some of these things, these shootings and stuff didn't have to happen. You didn't have to shoot a guy uh 18 times. 24 times. Come on, dude. It only takes one bullet. And you right. don't have to even kill the guy. You can maim him, shoot him in the legs, shoot him in yeah. the part. Yeah, yeah. Not a you don't have... got shot in the leg. Right. Yeah, you shoot a guy in the leg, he gonna he gonna comply. Okay. Yeah. You so certain things they don't have to do, but they don't. They shoot this guy up and then he find out he's a black or brown guy. Why did you shoot him 15 times? Why? Yeah. What happened after the first Hard bullet? To make then the case that, that guy's not racist. You know right. I mean? yeah, like, yeah. How do you do that? You don't look. I don't see too many white guys getting shot 16 times. I just don't. No. You don't see that or hear that. Not that many times. So it's that there's certain circumstances. I don't know if they're racist or what they're doing. But if you're afraid, please don't join the police force. Don't get. And then if you have some issues with black or brown people, you it, that that's not right. You shouldn't. Not your, you shouldn't be in that job. You need you to shouldn't go. be in that job either. You shouldn't be in the job. They don't vet these people enough and dig into them late. They just give them these jobs. You got to vet these people and make sure they're the kind of people you want policing. Because here's the other part. We pay your salary. The citizens, we pay your salary. You're supposed to be protecting us, not killing us. You're supposed to we have we have rights. And so a lot of people don't know their rights. And like I see a lot of things and you get pulled over police. Some of these police, they they tell you to shut up. They don't want you. I'm going to they just make up stuff. They make up stuff when you don't. Their egos are not stroked. It's just wrong, dude. It's like, dude. Yeah, well, here's you the wanna, thing. They get like, I think, six months of training. And then there can be a cop for 40 years. 
<laughs> bro you cannot yeah. do that job with one six month period of training you need to have like yeah 20 percent of your time as yeah. a train, like being training like every monday or something like that or you yeah know? you need to and they they need to have if they if they if they're if they've never been around people of color, they need to get some kind of sensitivity training and understand the culture of people. You know, just because everybody's not an angry black man, but we are afraid. We do speak up. I mean, I didn't see white guys. To, I look, I went to school. Look, I went to school in Orange County. I had white friends. We get they get pulled over by the police. They cuss the police out. You son of a bitch. Blah blah blah. And I'm sitting there scared as hell. Like, what, dude, what? what you, Can't you say that, man. You, you, if you're black, you better not say some shit. They drag you out the car because right. you talk, but you have the right to call them that. There's, mm -hmm. but see, there's two different kind of policing. There's two, you got white guys, they can get away with it. Black guys, too, not too many can. You might have a couple that might get away with it, but not on no, the no majority. You're going to, they're going to drag you out the car and beat your ass, you know, take some stuff out on you. And that's what, how it's going to be, period. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, this whole thing, man, if, I, if we would come together, man, we'd be the greatest nation on earth, man. We got everybody. And we have enough assets and resources, rather, and things going on where everybody could have something, man. Yeah. It, 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 we got too much money. We, but you got these factions and people who want to divide and conquer the whole everybody, all the people. It's not right. It's not even fair. It's not right. It don't even make sense sometimes, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, you're you're spitting facts, bro. Like, yeah, man. Why? Why do we have to fight each other? We don't. I mean, because, you know, if we have differences, okay, we can have differences. It's okay to be different. It's okay, but we can learn from each other too. I did. I when I moved to Orange County with all, I had to learn. I had to deal with some things that was hard for me to deal with. I had to deal with playing football with all the white kids in the neighborhood, and it and they them coming after me they used to try to hurt me man I, I i played with them i'm like this dude is spearing me and stuff and i'm thinking what the heck is going on you know well right. i don't have any i don't have anybody else to have my back but i'm i'm feeling the reserve you know i do it they used to try to hurt me dude all the time all the freaking time i it's had to stop like, it's almost like you talk about the like the differences in culture and stuff it's almost like mm -hmm. the attempt is to pretend everybody's like the same like which is yeah almost taking away from the things that are awesome that make us different. Like, especially yeah. when you're talking men and women or like, I'm not even, not even necessarily race. Like the white people in Texas are different than the white people in LA. Yes, they are. That's you know what I'm saying? True. The black they people are. in Louisiana are different than the black people in New York. That's right. You know I mean, no, like it's, true. it's, 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 uh, you're right. I think that, I think that we need to celebrate our differences and appreciate. Yes. Yes. Than, and and, uh, and it can be done, man. It could be done. It's just, I think the some factions that, that intensely try to divide and conquer the people, white, black, and otherwise they do. I mean, so they can, their own agenda, have agendas, man. And, and it's about money. They're trying to, so I don't know if we, if a, I'll never see it in my lifetime. I hopefully maybe you, maybe my grandkids will see it in their lifetime, some change and some unity Cause that's all it is. Cause we're all, you know, if you just take away the exterior, we're all the same inside. I mean, you know, we all bleed the same kind of blood. It doesn't. It, it, and then we're all related, dude. I, I got white cousins. My, I seen them when my, I was a kid. My brother, white family came to our, my grandmother's house, and uh, she said, "Those are your cousins." I said, "What?" <laughs> and my cousin said, "Yes." I got 
I got my wife. I have two blonde hairs in the middle of my back, and my wife with that would just she goes. These are freaking blonde hairs are growing out of your back. They're freaking blonde. I can't see them, but she can. She said, "No, they're blonde. They're two <laughs> blonde hairs." And she's always she's always amazed at that. She was always used to tell me like, "That's crazy." I go, "Well, most of Africans don't have hair on their face either." But so you know, through four hundred years of slavery and, and all the you know the masters being in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in, the, in the slave quarters having sex with the women and making mulatto babies and we see we see heck, our, Barack Obama was half white and half black come on i mean right. this has happened i don't care who you are you even being white you got some black blood somewhere it's it's true it's well, so isn't true, it true that all of the human race kind of started in africa Am yes I right, right. It, exactly it did yeah. yeah it did because of of, of the content of that Hell, Africa has every the the minerals and mineral wealth of Africa is 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 more than any other continent on the freaking on in the world. Everything comes from there, man. Everything. Yeah. So and 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 it's it's if we would look, you've been miseducated. I have been miseducated over. They have miseducated us. Period. On everything, religion and every they've miseducated the masses of people. So a few can be in control and power. It's true. I tell people to study the serious man. You study. You can find it in books. We're more alike than we are different, and they've got some people that are manipulating the the whole planet for their own good. They're just greedy, 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 evil people, and mm -hmm. they wanted to stay like that. And so it's, think about it. It's always been the pauper and the people in the pauper. You got all these dignitaries and rich, and they 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 tax the poor. They, they that's what they do. They tax the poor. The rich ain't paying no taxes. The poor are though the poor middle class taking care of everything, mm -hmm. yeah, taking man. care of everything, and then they don't want them to have at least have a, 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 a health health care, at least get the people health care. It's not we can pay for that. They have other. I mean, if we can pay friends. for in during COVID, bro. They put they put out this like fifty million dollar bill, and part of the money went to counting the number of fish in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> well, Come on, we got money man. for that. We got money for way more important. Hey, hey, look, we we got things going on in this country, and then when the U Ukrainian war break out, they all of a sudden they got crazy money to send over there. Right. That's it. all of a sudden we got money. Where did the money come from? You yeah, can't take my, this stuff uh, here. I had my one buddy on, um, like the second episode of this podcast. Yeah, said that um, you know, they sent like a hundred billion to Ukraine or something. That would pay for an armed police officer to be at every single school for like a couple years. Wow. Across America. And you know how big of a problem sh school shootings are right now. Yeah. yeah. So, well, man, uh, kind of sucks that we uh, are ending here on a less no, than. Yeah. Note. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not bad. I think that if we're as people, man, if we could just know that you know we're all the same and we shouldn't you know just show each other some courtesy and compassion man i think can go a long way kindness man is better than 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 than, than evil or meanness and i just said tell people just be be kind man be kind um you know and i think if that if we just if we do that man this would be a better place man and we gotta realize that sometimes some some of the crap they're telling us is just ain't true. Yeah, man. I uh, the media, the media is crazy.
It is. I can't put that any better than you did. Um, But I do want to say thank you a lot for coming on on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. It was a crazy conversation, but it was good. It was covered a lot of stuff. So I look forward to hearing from you again and watching you grow. And uh, and let's uh, let's make. Yeah, man. I uh, I wish you the most luck uh, with Otamola. Um, Good luck in Texas next week. Okay. Thank uh, you. Before we go, how can people find more about Otamola? Give a give some shout outs, some plugs of your. Um, well, you know, I was telling you, I'm not. The, I have actually a, a, a Instagram account. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get that going again. I don't know. I had other. My nephew was working on it, but you can um, also go to Otamola.com. Yeah, you can go to it's on the card Instagram. I got your card right here, bro. Yeah, you do. You got the card. Um, and uh, say hello, uh, what have you. I'm trying to get better at it. I, 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 forgive me. I'm, uh, I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy trying to learn new tricks. Okay. <laughs> so especially with the in, in internet and stuff. So yeah. Your Instagram and, is Odamola, just at Odamola. I also yeah. really like how you call your title as chief cookie creator. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's cool. <laughs> So, hey man, thanks, Austin. Man, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm glad I met you, man. I'm glad you, you know, did this. And I look forward to us talking some more, man. I look forward to giving you a good, a, a positive report, letting you know what the heck is really going on with me in the next few months. So, I, 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 it's not going to be a year. Yeah, I'll, we'll be talking. We'll talk sometime down the line this year for sure. All right, awesome, brother. Well, have a great day and uh, right. good luck in Texas. All right, thanks a lot, man. Take Thank care. You. All right.